Hey everybody, how's it going? How's it going? This is S. Anthony Thomas. This is the S. Anthony Says Podcast, episode number 348. Uh, just to give you a heads up, this is going to be the last episode uh, of this podcast until 2019. I was going to do a new episode this week and then release the uh, best of 2017, 2018, as chosen by you, uh, the top two episodes Um by the listeners from 2017 to 2018 that was going to be a an extra long show to end the year but as it turns out i am dealing with a back issue right now uh some might say back issue some might say uh debilitating pain which is what i'm feeling in my lower back right now so what i'm going to do is i'm going to release the best of episode here so this is going to be uh the episode that you get today and I'm going to take off until early January, mainly because of this whole back thing, because uh, quite frankly, it feels like somebody's hitting me in the back with a baseball bat. So (laughs) I can't necessarily be my normal jovial self and do this thing uh, the right way because I wouldn't be able to sit up in the chair long enough to finish the whole episode. So I'm going to just uh, put this little preamble here and I'm going to release that episode here, which will be episode 348. Best of 2017 and 2018 as chosen by you, the best two episodes or the ones that you chose from those two years. And um, because I will not be seeing you or you won't be hearing me during Christmas or uh, on New Year's Eve, I just want to say Merry Christmas to everybody. If you celebrate Christmas, Happy New Year to everybody. And I will see you or you will hear me in 2019. Take care. Hope you enjoy it. Well, hello, hello. How you doing? How you doing? This is the S. Anthony Says Podcast. This is the S. Anthony Thomas, and this is episode number two, five, nine. How are you doing, my wonderful sass bastards around the world? How are you doing? You know, every week you guys give me something to thank you for, and I'll be honest with you. Am I very grateful? Of course. But I don't want to, I'm not going to thank you at the beginning of the show this week. Why? Because I don't want you to get full of yourselves. Yeah, that's right. Did you do nice stuff? Sure. Did you write nice stuff? Of course you did. But I'm not going to mention it. Yeah, that's right. I don't want you to, well, we do nice stuff for him all the time. Let's listen to the beginning of a show before the show starts. He's going to say nice stuff about us. Well, I'm not saying anything nice about you this week, even though you deserve to have nice stuff said about you once again i don't want you to get full of yourself so i'm just not gonna do it not doing it nope all right i'm gonna do it thank you very much for all the listens and the downloads and the spreading of the words and hello new sass bastards thank you for coming along i know you came along here and you're listening because you have friends of mine that have been long-term sass bastards and they've you know, they've recommended me to you. And of course, and according to what you've written to me, you, you were listening, you listened to the show and you listened to some old shows and now you're permanent sass bastards. So I want to say thank you very much for being sass bastards. So uh, I tried to not, I was trying not to say that, but you know, I'm trying to try to be tough and, you know, act like I'm above it all, but I, I, I I'm never going to be above it. <laughs> well, folks, let me ask you this. Now, I know that uh, those of you that are listening to me in Australia, um, you don't have any snow to worry about. So you're probably laughing at me right now. And in Canada, you got your ass whipped with snow. So you know what I'm talking about. My West Coast people, I used to be one of you. 
And I know you're going, snow? Yeah, I understand there's this concept of cold water from the sky that accumulates on the ground. I've heard of it, but I've never seen it. <laughs> F y'all. <laughs> but we had snow here on the East Coast, my friend. We had snow. They had snow in Philly. We had snow in New Jersey. And it's a huge, what I like to refer to as a pain in the buttocks. You see, I used to live in, I lived in California during the 90s and I'm back on the East Coast now for now. But I'm telling you right now, when that, that one snowstorm, even though it wasn't as bad as they said it was going to be, made me think maybe I should take my punk ass back to California when I didn't have to do deal with any of this snow crap. That's what I'm thinking. Because it was actually very, very heavy snow. And I'm not a very young guy. I'm, 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 okay. I'm capable of shoveling my own walkway without worrying about any serious health benefits or any uh, benefits, uh, health problems or any serious health problems or any health problems. Not a big deal. But I don't want to do it anymore. And this time the snow was heavy. And if you follow me on social media, I already showed you I was at a friend's house after I took care of my spot and I was over there and I was helping them out because they got it worse for some reason. And a big giant block of ice the size of a damn dining room table almost landed on my ass. And at first I thought it was it landed on other snow, so I didn't hear it hit the ground. It didn't have a, you know, when you hear something heavy hit, hit cement, you hear that boom sound. But this landed on other snow, so it just went poof. So at first I thought it was just a big puff of snow, not a big deal. Until I went over and started picking up the pieces. And the pieces that it had broken into, each piece felt like holding a damn cinder block. These, This was a heavy, big, giant piece of ice that almost landed on me. And I'm sitting there going, okay. Okay, winner, you tried to kill me. Well, guess what? F you. As soon as I get an opportunity to, damn it, I'm moving someplace where you can't get me. Right? You, 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 winner blocked in my car when the plow comes by and plows my car in and it froze overnight and I didn't even know that the plow had come through. I thought my car had been dug out. I thought the mighty Toyota Camry was free, free, free. Set them free. If you love somebody, set them free. But no, I came back outside and I see this big giant thing of snow on all sides of my car and, and a little bit of Oh, I just wanted to jive. I wanted to find the person that plowed it in and say, get your punk ass back out of bed. Bring your punk ass back and plow my car back out, punk, because I shoveled it out and you plowed it in, punk. And I would have done that if one, I knew who did it. Two, I could get my car out. And three, I would not do that because I, that, that, that would be harassing and I would go to jail or the person might kick my ass. But I'm telling you, I'm getting a little sick of the damn winter, my friend. I don't mind. I mean, the cold sucks, right? And I know people in Australia and California are going, <laughs> loser. Well, F y'all. <laughs> it's a big pain in the ass, man. It really is, man. It's like, like winter just comes in and it messes up everything. I mean, it just it just comes in and just Fs up all of your plans. If you have kids, you get stuck at home with your kids. If you don't have kids, you get stuck at home staring at wall-to-wall -wall news coverage of the snow like they didn't know it was coming. Winter's like a bad ex that just keeps showing up and messing up things for you. 
right? You made plans to go someplace and then they go, well, it's going to be four inches of snow. That's not that big of a deal. Oh, it's not that big of a deal. Person watching on television. Well, guess what, jackass? This is not that fluffy snow that you can go out four hours later and it's not really that big of a deal. It's going to be that really heavy snow. There's a really good chance that a lot of your power lines are going to get messed up. And you're not even, in fact, you probably don't even see this now because your power lines are already messed up. Ha <laughs> ha, losers. Winner, bastard, coming along, messing everything up. Got to go outside because you can't chip the ice because it's too thick and hard and it's too cold outside. You can't even chip it. So you got to crawl into your car and turn on your car and sit in your car for 20 minutes because you don't want your battery to get messed up because of the cold weather. Feel like an idiot walking out there, turning your car on and sitting in there. It's kind of like a tease in a way. Hey, I'm in my car. The car is on the radio. It's, on. it's warm in here. Let me drive someplace. Oh, that's right. I can't. And you feel like you feel like a little kid that you know how the little kids ride those little stupid horses in front of department stores for a quarter. You feel like a grown ass man doing that. I was waiting for one of my parents to come up and go, OK, little S. Anthony, it's you, it's it's you. You've ridden in the, in the Toyota Camry long enough. Come on, mom. Just a few more minutes. Shut up. What did your mother tell you? Oh, come on, dad. This is the, you. You guys. Don't, I hate you guys. Dude, you're 48 years old. Aren't you a little old for saying stuff like that? Yeah, but you're making me get out of the money, Toyota Camry. We're not actually here, jackass. We, you know, This is a figment of your imagination. Maybe you should check and see whether or not some of that carbon monoxide is coming back into the car and you're passing out. Yeah, I think that's the problem. In the winter. God, I can't stand it. You know, I've been climatized to the cold weather again, so it doesn't bother me like that. It's just a pain in the ass. And like I was saying, winter is like that ex that comes back and messes up your life, comes back and just starts messing stuff up because it can. We've all been there before. I told you the story of like several episodes ago. And since there's a, a, a new audience here, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give a little paraphrased version of it. There was a girl I was attracted to. I thought she was a really, really beautiful girl. Girl, we we're both in our 20s. And I just moved to California and I was about to move in on her. And then I did move in on her. And then boom, boom, jiggy, boom, da boom, jiggy, jiggy, boom, boom, jiggy, boom, da boom, jiggy, jiggy. I'm trying to be, I'm trying to be delicate about it. Um, how can I put this? I was banging the crap out of her on a daily basis. And I noticed that she had an ex. And everybody has exes. Oh, but this ex was nuts. And this ex's friends were nuts. And I have this thing about not being shot by large groups of nut pe nutty people. So I had to get away from her because he kept showing up. We're driving someplace and there he is. We're going someplace to eat and there he is again. And then I go someplace and there he is. And then I went, what are you doing with my girl, man? I said, she's not your girl. You broke up last year. You haven't seen her in a while. How do you know we've been gone for last year? Because I've been over at our house taking her to Drill City every day for a year. And your punk ass wasn't there. Oh, she's been doing it to my girl. You don't have a girl. Only girls you have are at the end of your wrists, punk. Okay, I did not say none of that because he was twice my size and carried weapons. F y'all. It's my story to tell. I'll lie if I want. <laughs> but I had to get out of there, man. I was, And the funny thing about it was I wasn't really necessary. I wasn't worried about her safety. Um, he wasn't going to do anything to her. He was never violent to her. He was one of those guys that would damn near kill dudes near her. And I'm going, I'm not really that invested in her. Because as it turns out, I was dating him for, in all honesty, I was only getting it on with her for like a month and a half. And then this dude started acting wacky. And I'm going, one of two things is going to happen. He's going to whoop my ass or I'm going to whoop his ass. 
And I'm not going to let him whoop my ass, which means I'm going to whoop his ass. And then his friends are going to try to whip my ass. And then my friends are going to try to whip their asses and all of this because I don't think so. So I got the hell out of there. And it's not it's not even gender specific. You've seen that before. You have a guy and the ex was won't give up and keeps following around and following around and doing crappy stuff, flattening the tires and breaking up the windshield and key in the cars and all of that crap. You've seen it before and they disappear and you think it's okay. And then as soon as you start getting happy, that punk ass shows back up and all of a sudden you find out your tires are slashed and you you, you just gave sugar in your gas tank and your windows are smashed out and all of that crap. And just when you think you're out, there they go again. Well, when is just like that? Right? Especially when you go through a whole winter and there's no snow or anything like that. And there's no snow in the forecast. And you start, get, you kind of get lulled into sleep. You get lulled to sleep and you're thinking, there's going to be no snow. I'm not, I got nothing to worry about. What's the big deal? Dun, 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 dun. Dun, 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 dun. Hello, tonight on the news. I bet you guys made some plans, didn't you? You had some stuff that was going to be really cool to do. You probably had some business opportunities. You had some stuff that's so time sensitive that it has to happen at a specific time. And if it doesn't happen at a specific time, you're going to be ass out. It's going to mess up everything. You're going to have no chance to get this done again. You have to have it done at this exact time and this exact place. And the place that you're going is far away. It's far away. It's near the mountains. And guess what, jackasses? There's going to be three feet of snow. You're not going to be able to go there. And ha 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 ha, your plans are messed up. Oh, you probably thought you were going to do it over the internet. Well, guess what? The place is going to be in a place where it's rural and the power is going to be out. So nice try jackasses oh and it's gonna mess up the phone lines too punk nice try it's over for you that business opportunity is gonna go through your fingers ironically the same way snowflakes will go through your fingers ha 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 winter f you now, like I said, I'm the kind of person, I'm a person that used to live in California during the 90s and when I went out to California during the 90s it was so good Christmas time would come around and you'd see those stupid commercials. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. <laughs> you know those old Rankin and Bass, Bass cartoons with or cartoons or animations would come, come on those claymation craps and you know it's Christmas time and you're walking around with a t-shirt and shorts on. And there are people walking around Los Angeles, California and Hollywood and Santa Monica and Hermosa Beach and all of those beaches and all of that crap looking at Christmas like that are on palm trees. There's women looking at Christmas lights at nighttime in bikinis with their delicious buttocks and delicious chest yummies and bikinis. And this is Christmas. Christmas is December 24th. And what are you doing? You're on the beach throwing a Frisbee and it's 82 degrees outside and it's Christmas. And the people back east are calling you up. Hey, what's going on? Ass? Hey, what's going on, guys? We got three feet of snow. Oh, that's a shame, man. I can't talk to you right now. I have to go to the beach and look at my girlfriend run around in the bikini. And then we're going to go back to her place, get it on. And then, then we're going to just sit on the porch and look at the, look at stuff and sit there and be warm and then get it on. What will you be doing? I'll be in the house getting pneumonia because all of the kids are sick. Ah, that's, that's too bad. <laughs> I got to go have some sex now. Bye, click. But you get lulled in the sleep, my friend. You live in California. You forget about that. Being in California, if you hate the winter, it's like being in the, win in the witness protection program. 
you know the winner's just waiting to get a shot at you, but it can't you too far away. It's like being, it's like hiding out from the mob. The mob doesn't know where you are. They're looking for you. They're waiting for you. They're just waiting for an opportunity. They're hoping you're dumb enough to come back so they can get a crack at you. You know that's what they want, but you're in California. You're too far away. The winter would like to get its hands on you. The winter would like to get you in an alley and beat you down. The winter would like to shake you down and take some money from your business. The winter would like to blow up your car. The winter would like to do all of that kind of stuff to you. The winner was like a mobster and California's like being in the witness protection program and the winner wants to kick your ass, but it can't because it doesn't know where you are. The winner doesn't even know that there is a West Coast because it's never been there. It doesn't even know what a West Coast is. It's like, it's almost as if the winner is one of those people that thinks the, 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 the earth is flat. The, 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 the winner just goes, I don't know anything that goes by beyond the central time zone. I didn't even know there's a Pacific Ocean. Never heard of it. <laughs> That's right. But I made the mistake of booking a bunch of gigs on the East Coast. Right? And I was going to go back... But I got stuck here doing some stuff. And next thing you know, life took over and I wound up staying here. And I didn't want to, even though I'm from here, but I didn't want to. And it's like somebody who goes back to visit family. You kind of fall into the habit of being back near where you were. Right? You think the mob forgot about your punk ass, don't you? Oh, no. They were waiting for an opportunity. They were waiting for you to bring your dumb ass back. They were waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting. And you came back like a fool. You didn't just come back really quickly, say hello to everybody and disappear. No, you decided to stay, you dumb bastard. And you're sitting at home. <laughs> they probably forgot about me. The winner probably forgot about me. The winner doesn't. The winner's not going to hold a grudge like that, is it? Hi, you dumb bastard. The winner's been waiting for you. The winner just said to give you this message. Um, hi, I don't know where you came from, but I know you're back and I'm going to fuck you up really badly. Wait a second. Who told the winner I was back? We're going to have five feet of snow. We were actually only going to have two inches of snow, but the winner said something about he's back. I've got to get him. And uh, it's, it's basically all that's Anthony's fault that we have five feet of snow because the winner has been saving up lots of winter ass whippings for him. And uh, we're all taking the brunt of it. Excuse me, person walking down the street. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. What's going on? I don't know. I thought we were only going to get two inches of snow. I mean, what, did, did, did S. Anthony come back to New Jersey again? As a matter of fact, he did. Come on, man. You should have stayed in California. The winner's been walking around all year talking about hey, the second you come back, he's going to really give it to you good. And it doesn't matter if he gets all of us to it. You're man you bastard go back to california you should we should all make you dig out our houses the winter wouldn't be fucking us up if it wasn't for you see yes anthony you should have kept your punk ass on the west coast you come back to new jersey i mean i'm glad you came back because i'm going to be on air 12 straight hours talking about the snow and telling people something that they couldn't possibly not know like it's cold outside and that the snow is deep you know the kind of thing they could have known by looking out their window but um, I'm glad you're back, you know, and so that's, that's, okay, none of that happened. But I'm telling you right now, my friends, I don't like the winter. And I'm talking to you, winter, plowing, making my car get stuck in your snow, right? Then you're going to throw that table of ice at my head like that. Luckily, luckily, my cat-like reflexes may be able to get out of the way. <laughs> yeah. Well, guess what, winter? March is almost over. So it's moving into another season, you punk ass. And I'll be waiting for you next year. 
I'll be waiting for you. I know you're going to try to get a take crack at me again. You're going to try to snow me in again and ruin my plans. But you know what I'm going to do next time when it comes around, punk? Soon as it says, winter's coming, I'm going to go someplace warm. And I'm going to stay there until your punk ass goes away, winter. F you. Maybe I'll go visit some of my sass bastards in Australia. Then again, half the animals in Australia can viciously kill you. So uh, I will not be doing that. <laughs> Unless I can make friends with some Australians, personal friends with you. So you can tell me about the stuff. Don't eat that. Don't touch that. That'll kill you there. Okay. I'm going to need, if I come to Australia, I'm going to need some of my Australian sass bastards to be around me at all times to protect me from all of those animals that can viciously kill me. My California sass bastards will actually know y'all personally, so you know I already, you know, I don't need nothing from y'all except that y'all. I mean, we keep listening and have some of y'all personal friends, so you know I'm probably gonna be talking to you on the phone that off and on, you know, when I'm not doing the show. So I don't even know why I mentioned y'all asses, but anyway. <laughs> but I just want to say before I end this segment to winter, f you, punk, with your snow throwing ass. Yeah, you know, I know what I'm going to do to teach you a lesson when I'm going to go to my refrigerator right now. I'm going to take some ice cubes out and I'm going to slap the shit out of them. Yeah, that's right. What are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it, Winter? There's nothing you can do about it. That's right. I'm going to put some ice cubes in some hot tea and watch it melt. And I'm going to sit right there and I'm going to trash talk those ice cubes. That's for your friend Winter, bitch. Yeah, melt some more. I'm going to put some more hot water in there to teach you. No, no, we're melting off. That's right. Screaming pain, punk. Am I starting to sound crazy here? Yeah, that's probably what happens when you don't get enough sleep. But unfortunately for you people, I, when I finish recording the rest of the show, it will be at the same time. So it'll probably be just as weird as this because I, I, it's not like I would have gotten eight or nine hours of sleep between segments. <laughs> don't judge me, bastards. <laughs> Segment over. You know what, guys, let me ask you this. Have you ever ran across, have you ever had somebody in your life that did so many horrible things that when they passed away, it kind of didn't shock you and you weren't even necessarily sad, not because you hated them or anything like that, but because you were surprised they lived as long as they actually did? Because we had a person like that. He wasn't necessarily a friend, but he was kind of an acquaintance. You know, when he had a lot of things wrong with him, he had a weird, a weird heart thing going on. A weird, he had several illnesses going on at the same time. And he was one of those guys that had things going on in, internally that were wrong with him. But if you looked at him externally, you wouldn't think there was anything wrong with him. But you knew there was something wrong with him. Right. And in addition to that, he was doing things on a regular basis that was so horrible, just horrible, horrible, horrible. And you just were wondering what that is. There's going to come a time when it comes back and bites you on the butt. There's going to come a time when it's going to get you. It's going to come a time when it comes to get you so much so that you were just waiting for a phone call to find out that somebody shot him, stabbed him, blew him up. He died of this. He died of that. You were waiting for that phone call the same way. If you have a sick relative, you have a sick relative and you know the inevitable is going to happen. Grandma has this and she's 87 years old and she's been sick for seven 
seven years and you know what's going to come. There's nothing anybody can do about it. You're waiting for the phone call. You're waiting for the phone call. And sometimes even in that case with the extremely old relative who has the extreme illness, they hang on for such a long period of time. You stop jumping when the phone rings. You know one of those phone calls is going to be grandma's dead. You know it. But you stop jumping when the phone rings because they hang on so long. And then when the phone call comes, yes, you're sad because it's over. But there's a sense of relief because now you know they're not hurting anymore. Now you know they've passed on. Now you know it's over with. And even though you want them to be around, it's over with. And you know it. Well, there's something similar to this, Cap, because we knew something was going to happen to him. He did too many bad things to too many people. Nobody even wanted to be like really close friends with his punk ass. You knew who he was. He was a very charming guy. I'm not going to say his name, but he's a very charming guy. Yes, he was. Yes, he was. But he was one of those guys, you look at him and you're going, this guy is never going to see 30 candles. In fact, he ain't going to see 25 candles. If he sees 25 candles... Okay, he's not going to see 25 candles, but he did see 25 candles. And we were like, man, but we were all still waiting. We were waiting for the phone call. He got shot. He got stabbed. He got, he caught this disease. He caught that disease. We were waiting for it. We were waiting for it. And it didn't happen. And then he was 30 and we were completely shocked. And he was just like that sick relative, just like that sick relative. You didn't expect him to get anywhere near 30. But then when he got 30, just like that sick relative that hung on and hung on. And, you know, the inevitable was coming, but they hung on for a while. You didn't jump when the phone rang because you didn't expect anything to happen to him. You knew it was going to. But you didn't think you were going to have to wait for the phone call every five seconds. You didn't jump on the phone call, you know, expecting something bad to happen. And now he's 35. And now you're not even expecting anything to happen to him. He's been doing bad things for such a long period of time. He's been doing drugs. You know, he's been doing crime. He didn't admit to the crimes, but we all know he committed the crimes, which is why we were never going to be friends with this cat. But we knew who he was and he was charming when you met him and you saw him in the neighborhood all the time. And now he's 40 and you're completely stunned that the bastard made it to 40. He's having sex with women with no condoms on. He's got 55,000 different children. He's having sex with prostitutes and crack whores and all of that kind of crap. And this bastard didn't care catch one disease didn't catch one disease he had been up in all of these women with no thing he had forty thousand children but he didn't catch one disease and we were shocked dude you're not just playing roulette you're standing on the roulette table with alligators taped to your balls what the hell are you doing go buy a powerball ticket maybe you used up all of your luck but do something you gotta stop and now he's 42 you can't believe what's going on how is this guy still and then he died at 45 And the funny thing about it was we went to the funeral, but nobody was sad. Nobody was sad because we knew this sucker was living on 20 years of borrowed time. You can't have sex with street prostitutes with no condom on. You can't have sex with random women with no condom on. You can't commit crimes that you won't admit, but we know that you did and, and get away with it. You can't do that. You can't pick fights with people and get your ass whipped and sometimes whip their ass and sometimes have their friends come back and whip your ass. You can't keep doing that and live a long time. You can't do that in the hood and last that long, but he lasted that long and we were all stunned some of us went to the funeral just to find out whether or not it was really him maybe it was somebody with the same name there's no way in the world he's been too lucky for too long did his luck run out you're damn right it did that was really him in the casket his ass was dead you wouldn't know how surprised people were that he was actually dead. Nobody in there was dressed up because we figured this is a whole bunch of crap. Maybe it's just a scam. Maybe he's got a dead fake 
dummy in the body. We all kick in some money for the for the funeral. And then we find out that the funeral parlor was a front and it was actually a friend of his and he's not actually really dead. And we all kicked in this money and said we're sorry that he had to go. And then we find out two years later, the bastard bought a damn car with the money and he's some in another state banging a bunch of other hookers with no condoms on and committing crime someplace else because our dumb asses gave his punk ass money but it was really him whoa and nobody was sad nobody was sad because we were surprised that he lasted that long we were surprised that he lasted that long he lasted so long that he actually outlasted the death pool where we all chipped that money i think he's gonna die at this age on this date i mean none of us did that because <laughs> that would be wrong <laughs> if he had just died about six weeks earlier i would have made 500 bucks allegedly just kidding <laughs> i wouldn't do that <laughs> damn i could have used that money but everybody was surprised. Everybody was completely stunned that the bastard lived that long. Even the preacher who we thought was a fake preacher, who was actually a real preacher, was surprised by it. I can't believe he lived this long. Everybody in here knows what I'm talking about. You realize now with his dead body here in the church, this is literally only the second time he's been in church it's a tie. He was in the church one time when he was alive, and now he's in the church one time dead. When he was a little boy, he was going to come into church one time, and he actually touched the doorknob of the church, and his hand burned. And I, making a joke, said to him, you know why your hand burned? Because Satan is not allowed in this building. And he actually took me literally because he was kind of dumb. I mean, let's be honest, the door was a reflective surface. The door was a reflective surface. The knob was a color that does not absorb the light. It was in the direct line of the sun. So sometimes that's why we put the awning up because the damn doorknob was hot. Everybody that came to the church knew that. That was why everybody would, put, would open the door carefully. But this dumbass actually believed me. And he went on to lead a demonic life, having fornication with crack hooers and doing all sorts of disgusting things that we can't prove that he did, but we kind of know that he did. You know how many times he was shot and stabbed in his lifetime? Too many to count. And somehow he made it to 45 years old. I don't know how he did it. I don't know how he did it. I'll be honest with you, this is the house, and I have to tell the truth in this house. I shot him two times myself, which was amazing. I'm surprised he was alive. I went over to go, I said, I'm sorry I shot you, my child. And he said, you ain't the first one. And they got up and walked away. Should have shot his ass again because he owes me money. Sticking his hand in the collection plate bones by the window. Well, I was wrong. He had been in the church three times. One time physically, one time as a dead person. And that time he stuck his hand in the window and took the money out of the collection plate. Leading to me putting those bullets in his ass that I put in his ass. And that, But I digress. So we're all sitting there. We're wondering what the hell is going on. And it made me think, man, because... We had gotten so used to him being corrupt and being a criminal, even though we couldn't prove it, but we knew he did it. He, we were so used to it. And that's what happens to everybody, if you really think about it. We have gotten so used to a level of corruption that sometimes we think of corruption as a feature of society. We allow people to do corrupt things and we just kind of gloss over it. 
No big deal. There's a little bit of corruption. You know what I'm talking about. Don't act like you don't. You've been in situations where if somebody steals a little bit of money, as long as they're only stealing a little bit of money, you don't even really get that angry at them. Right? If you go to a store and they shortchange you every once in a while, you don't even really think about it. Sometimes you don't even count your change. So, oh, I'm a quarter short. I'm a dollar short. We had a quarter, a corner store where a guy was doing that all the time. He acted like he couldn't speak English. I found out later that he could, but at the time I thought he couldn't. So he'd make a mistake here or there, 25 cents here, 50 cents there. He would do all of that. And I didn't give a crap. What, uh, 25 cents? I'm not going back in the store for that. 50 cents? I'm not going back in the store for that. A dollar? I'm not going back in the store for that. But then he did that to everybody. But we're thinking, hey, you know, I remember one time a guy was getting at him and I said, hey, man, come on, man. This guy comes from another country. He's learning a second language. He's running a business. If he makes a couple of mistakes, it's not that big of a deal. Imagine you going to his country and trying to start a business and you're learning a language. You'd probably make a mistake with their currency, too. It's not that big of a deal. I defended that bastard. I didn't realize. And then one day I walk into the store and the bell at the door did not ring. And I heard somebody speaking in completely fluent English. And I looked up and I looked at the reflective mirror that they looked to see whether or not somebody's stealing something. And I saw it was the guy who couldn't speak English was speaking perfect English. What? That bastard. And I could tell his English was really perfect because you know how sometimes when you learn a second language, there's a moment where you're thinking in your native language and then you have to translate and then you respond or you're thinking your native language, you translate and then you make a statement. There was no translation time. He was perfect with his English and then he didn't see me and then he comes back to the thing and starts speaking in his native language with the broken English and I'm going, the jig is up, jackass. I saw your punk ass on the phone and he goes, oh, don't tell anybody. I said, oh, I'm not going to tell anybody. Thanks for the free ice cream fuck face shut up okay I did not take the ice cream but I told him to cut that crap out and I was mad because I defended his punk ass as it turns out it was a level of corruption at that place he was stealing a quarter from this person and a dollar from that person and a quarter here and a quarter there and nobody would have noticed it had I not even seen him speaking in fluent English on the phone I wouldn't have thought anything of I would have said eh, it's not a big deal and it's the same thing what happens with our politicians now. We expect a certain level of corruption. We know they're lying a little bit here and there. Even the good ones lie a little bit here and there. They'll fudge this. They'll make something sound a little better than it is. We'll accept that a little bit. But now we're at the point now where we've accepted corruption so much that the only thing that can happen now is Instead of just staying at the same level of corruption that we had before, what do they do now? Add more corruption. I mean, you accepted that level, didn't you? And whose fault is that? Right? Like that guy in the neighborhood, we could have all just said, listen, don't hang around us as long as you're acting like that. Maybe he would have changed the way he was. Maybe he would have had less stab wounds and bullets in his ass. Maybe he would still be alive. Maybe he would still be alive. Who knows? But we accepted that level of corruption from that jackass and we didn't say anything and we just let him go about our business. We didn't hold him accountable. We just said, well, that's just how he is. He, he, he and laughed at the stories. And what happens? His ass is dead. 
and we look at the politicians that we have, whether we're talking about locally or nationally, like I said, we've accepted a certain level of corruption. And when you let that be the baseline, there's only one place to go. They're not going to go, you know, we've been corrupt for so long and the people have been nice about it. Let's be a little less corrupt and make sure that they have some benefits and some health care and make sure that they're educated and make sure that there's some infrastructure and make sure that the water's clean and make sure that they have. They are not going to do that. What do they do? More corruption. And whose fault is that? Right? That's our fault. Because they can't do shit unless we let them do shit. So when I think back at that funeral at the guy, I realize, you know, even though this is a little different than the politicians, because in politicians, we could just vote their punk asses out and replace them. You can't go, okay, you're acting like a jackass as an individual. Um, We're going to vote. And then if we vote, that you should act like a normal human being and start being responsible in the neighborhood, you're going to have to do it. It doesn't work that way. But if people weren't banging him, if people weren't covering for him and all that kind of stuff, maybe he'd be alive. Maybe he'd be a different person if there were consequences to his actions. And I think it's the same thing with our politicians. If there are consequences to their actions, when they do horrible things, when they lie, when they steal, when they take away this, when they take away that, and you see them doing all sorts of awful things, instead of making excuses for their punk asses, if we actually hold them accountable, maybe we can get things done. I mean, what do you think? Do you think that would work? I do. And so do you. Segment over. You know what, guys, uh, guys and gals, sass bastards around the world. I ran into a couple of friends of mine who were who uh, some of them are in Atlanta or or they were formerly from they're from Atlanta and they're still whining about the Super Bowl. And then back in my hometown of Villanova uh, in, in Philadelphia, uh, the Villanova Wildcats got bounced uh, really early in the uh, NCAA tournament. And, you know, a lot of times we see these things happen, you know, and we think, man. You know what you did, man. You, if you'd have done this, you should have done that. Because you can't put yourself in that situation. And you really don't know what it's, what it's going to be like in, in a situation like that. You don't know what you would do in a situation like that. Because I'm assuming the overwhelming majority of you people, no matter what country you're in, you've never been and played in an NCAA tournament as, as a returning champion. You've never been in the Super Bowl and built up a big lead on another team and then blew it like that. You've never done that. And sometimes I, I was I was thinking, man, we don't know as people who are not professional athletes what it's like to build up a big lead like that or to come in as a as a, as a fighter that everybody assumes is going to walk through somebody and then have that other person either beat you as the favorite or make it so difficult for you that you're you're just completely shocked and shell shocked that you actually won. You don't know what that's like. But then I realized, yeah, We kind of do know what that's like. And I kind of know what that's like. I really do. Not in that particular aspect of life, but in another one. Now, I'm in the process now of losing weight. And this time I'm doing it very consciously. Because the last time I lost weight, I was not doing it consciously. And that was the mistake. I wanted to lose a certain amount of weight and I wanted to do it. And I I talked to the doctor and I talked a whole lot of crap to the doctor. You know, doc, I'm going to do this and do that. And I'm going to do this and I'm going to come back. I'm going to do this. And And when you look at that paper, you see that weight on there? I'm going to come back. And when I come back, I'm going to be this, that, all that trash talk. And there was a certain amount of time between the doctor's visit and the next doctor's doctor's visit. It was going to be six months. 
And I walked out, yeah, when she, when I come back and, and she's going to look down and that wait and she's going to say, Mr. Thomas, look at what you did. And a month goes by and I didn't pick up one weight, didn't run anything, didn't change a damn bit of diet, didn't do a damn thing. And now there's five months to the next doctor's visits. That's all right. I still got five months. And you know what? I, I You know what? I messed up that month. But this this next month, damn it, I'm going to eat good and lift good and do double lifting and triple lifting and quadruple lifting and all of that crap on the one double marathons and triple marathons while carrying a bus and triple need double diet water and all of that crap. And another month goes by and didn't do a damn thing. Actually, that's not true. I lifted weights really good and had a good workout one day. And then after that, well, I have a skipper day. I'm a little sore and I wind up skipping 29 more days. Month two goes by. I have four months to the doctor's visit. Oh, no. Well, that's all right. I still got four months. Damn it. I'm going to get, I'm going to run quadruple marathons, lift double quintuple workout and eat double diet, half water, double diet, water cube, double, double water sandwiches and all of that crap. That's what I'm going to do. Damn it. And if I do that and if they dig the two weeks goes by now, I have three and a half months. Oh, no. And I'm already thinking of excuses to tell the doctor as to why I'm going to come back at exactly the same weight that I left or two pounds up or two pounds down, which technically is the same crap because you could just lost that in water weight. So she will look at the thing and said, oh, so you're the same weight, you fat slob bastard. And then when she's doing a prostate exam, she goes, I'll be right back. And then I'm still sitting there. And then she walks in. I'm going, why is the door open? I just want everybody to know what your fat ass looks like because it's still the same fat ass from six months ago, you fat bastard. She wouldn't do that. But I still, I felt bad. And I'm already making excuses in my mind. I fell down some stuff. And thing happened, with the, and there was so much stuff happened. And, the, the, and I was, and this happened, and that happened, and bullshit excuse one through 50. And the doctor will just look at you and be like, do you really think you're the only person that gave me horse crap excuses for not working out? I should pimp slap you in the mouth with the back of my hand, come back with the front slap, pimp slap you again and come back with the front slap. And before you get mad, I'll just tell you it's a new therapy called pimp slap therapy. And you'll have to take my word for it because I'm a doctor and you're not. She would not do that. But I said, I got to do something. I got to show some kind of something. I got three and a half months to go. I can't do this again. So what did I do that time? I just said, I'm going to work out 45 minutes a day, six days a week. I'm not even going to schedule the workouts. I'm just going to know today I got to do something for 45 straight minutes. And that's what I did. And I just kind of carved out 45 minutes. Sometimes I stayed up later than I wanted to or woke, woke up earlier than I wanted to when I got it done because I said I got to do this. Because a lot of times when people don't want to work out, I really just don't have the time. And what you, in many cases, now this is not everybody. Obviously, there are people that are literally overwhelmed with crap and literally just don't have the time. and just physically can't do it. But a lot of people, some people, people like me, I could do it. It just means I had to give up something else. And I had to ask myself, once again, this is my situation. Don't be annoyed going, well, I'm really, I'm busy. If you really are busy, this doesn't apply to you. This just applies to people who really aren't that busy and are, in fact, making a horse crap excuse, which is what was my case. And I realized to get that 45 minutes, like I said, I either had to stay up a little later 
or go to sleep a little early. Well, it didn't make sense to do it at night because it would just make me go to sleep. It would take me another extra hour to go to sleep after working out. So I had to stop doing that, even though I did have to mix those in sometimes when schedule was, that was the only time I could work out. Or I'd get up early and there would be somebody who, you know, who'd bother me in the morning or call in the morning and engage me in some conversation about something that was important. But somehow I had to get it done. So what I started to do was, I started to either find a show, a television show that lasted an hour and I'd wait 15 minutes into the show and I'd work out for the rest of the show or when I was supposed to go and hang out with friends and do some stuff, you know, they'd go to a bar or something for an hour or so or hang out or something like that. I said, I can't do that. I'll, I'll meet you guys on Sunday. We'll hang out on Sunday, but I got to take care of this or we'll hang out on Saturday, but I can't do it during the week because Monday through Friday and one day, either Saturday or Sunday, I got to get that workout in and depending on when I get the workout and that's when I get the hang out with you guys but I got to get it done and they respected that so I finally got my routine down the first two weeks was difficult the last three months it was just basically get up and at some point during the day no matter what get that 45 minutes in and I didn't I just did it and 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 did it methodically and I didn't even pay attention to what was going on I just kept doing it I just kept doing it and I ate, I ate a little more and I started replacing some of my my meat with salads actually people were eating cheesesteaks I went out what are you doing getting the salad what are you a salad eater now and I would go home and I would chop up my salad and I'd put it together and sometimes I'd put it together and I'd bring it with me and they're eating cheesesteaks and double hoagies and triple hoagies and quadruple pizza and double pizza hoagie hoagie pizza hoagie hoagies and I'm eating my salad with a little tuna on it and they're looking at me like what are you a punk something but when they started seeing it happen on a regular basis they realized I didn't care what they thought and quite frankly I'm not really that big of a deal uh, peer pressure means absolutely nothing to me for the most part so I kept doing that three and a half months of that Go to the doctor's office and she puts me on the scale and she goes, huh? What the? And I go, what? She goes, you lost 26 and a half pounds. Huh? I had, was so busy being methodical about it. I didn't even think about the fact that I just lost 26 and a half pounds. I had really lost 26 and a half pounds of fat. I didn't realize it. And what I started to do was I started walking around. I was all full of myself now, right? I was right around where I told the doctor I was going to be. Of course, I expected to do it over six months, not three and a half months. But I hit the number and the doctor was like, oh, you really did it? You really did? It? You said you were going to lose 25? You lost 26 and a half. Yeah, doc, you know how it is. When, when you when you the real, when you big, 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 start building myself up like I'm some kind of, you know. I would go places and people who hadn't seen me in a couple of months. Oh, God, you look so good. I can't believe you look good. Ooh, you look good. You look good. Look good. Look good. Muscles. You look good. And I started getting full of myself the same way a boxer gets full of himself when he goes into the ring with somebody he's ranked so much higher than. He should be able to walk in there, knock this guy out real quick and schedule his next fight for two weeks from now. Because let's be honest, one punch, what difference does it make? And like, I'm hurt. <laughs> Round seven, you're bloody. You're ahead on the cards, but you're only ahead by one point. I should have knocked this guy out a long time ago. What the hell is this football team? I'm up by 25 points. It's tied. What the hell? Or football team. But th 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 I wish we should have blown this team out in the first half. and We're down by six. What the hell is this? And I got full of myself. Right? 
So the doctor's expecting me to come back and have lost another 25 pounds. And then, you know, we're done here. You did weight loss over done finished. Yay. <laughs> I come back and have that 13 pounds heavier the next time she sees me. What the hell? And then the next time I come back, I'm back at the weight where I was the first time. Damn it. <laughs> and that's what happened. This was years ago, but that's what happened. I got so full of myself. And when I sat back and I thought about it, I realized it was very similar to those teams. You show up, right? You get a little bit of a lead on the other team. You get a 25-point lead in the Super Bowl. And the next thing you know, you're losing overtime like Atlanta. I had a 26-and-a-half-pound lead on the weight loss at the time. I had a 26-and-a-half-pound lead out of nowhere. I messed up, and I still had a 26. And I said, listen, if I can get a 26-and-a-half-pound lead, then I'm going to win this game. By the time I come back and see the doctor, she's going to be going, not only have you lost all the weight, but I have some people here from the Mr. Olympia place, and they want you to begin training for Mr. Olympia because that's how incredible you look. But that's not what happened, was it? So I was driving down the road and I was listening to people talking about Villanova losing in the first round and people were still dissing the Atlanta Falcons for getting their ass whipped in the Super Bowl. I mean, they didn't take a bad whipping, but they had a big lead and lost it. And I heard some people talking about a fighter who should have who just should have just whipped the behind of the person he was in the ring with and barely got past them. And everybody talks this crap. And I realized I can't talk crap like that because I had a 26 and a half pound lead and blew it. Well, I'm sure that at some point in your lives, at some point in your lives, you had a big lead on something, didn't you? You had a big lead and you thought it was over. You thought the game was over. You thought you won. You thought it was done. You thought you could take your foot off the brakes. You thought you could ease up and you were just going to coast through to the finish line. And then what happened? Bam! Something came up and cracked you across your ass and you're going, how did I lose this? But the good thing about life is you get another opportunity to do things, don't you? You get another chance, don't you? You get another chance. You get another freaking chance to try again. And this time, as I lose weight, I'm doing it as methodically as I was before. But this time, I'm very conscious. Oh, yeah. I'm paying attention. Oh, yeah. So at this point, the most I'll ever gain back without knowing about it will be about a pound or two. And then I'll see those pounds come back on and I'll go, oh, no, you don't. Like a football team, you got a big lead and the other team does something big and gets a touchdown and you go, oh, nice try, jackass. And you keep doing what you were doing to get the lead in the first place instead of playing to run out the clock. You decide to run up the score a little bit. You decide to put them away instead of, you know, if I had that 26 and a half, I had the 26 and a half pound lead. I should have said I got a 26 and a half pound lead and almost a little more than half the time that I said it was going to get these these pounds off in the first place, which means if I keep doing what I'm doing, most likely not only will I have by the end of the next six month period lost all the weight I need to lose, I will be getting to the point where I'm starting to sculpt and I can build up the muscle. Not only come, not only will I step on the scale with all the weight gone, I'll step on the scale and I'll do a little flex, a flex, a flexy, flexy, and a little tricep flexy and a little back flexy. 
on that little left right ass cheek flexi <laughs> and that way when I come back the next time and she checks my prostate and she, she puts the finger in and then she walks out and brings in the other doctors to take a look at my ass instead of going what the hell is that fat bastard they'll go ma'am that man's ass looks delicious because that's what I want to hear why, hey, I'm bent over here and you just had your finger in my ass. Normally I'd be allowed to stand up, but I can feel the cold air of the wind coming from the hallway. And unlike last time when people were going, ha ha ha, fat ass, I'm hearing applause. And I'm also looking at my phone and I notice there's a live stream called S. Anthony's Delicious Ass Post Prostate Exam. <laughs> I'm going to have to tell you to turn that off. <laughs> <laughs> unless we put on some ads because I want to get ad revenue from millions of people looking at the deliciousness of my buttocks. <laughs> this just got weird. <laughs> but that's what I was thinking when I watched, when I heard about those games, man. It's like, even though we don't know what it's like to be a professional athlete to blow a lead, we know what it's like to blow a lead. You know what it's like to be in a relationship with somebody and everything's going good and then you start neglecting them and you know it, they go away or there and you're in a relationship with someone and they start neglecting you and you go away you had the lead you had them you married them or you were living with them you were getting it on with them on a regular basis you had babies together or you had a long-term relationship everything's going great you have a lead other people can't get your girlfriend she loves you and she lives with you when she's married to you and she's your wife other people can't get your boyfriend he loves you and lives with you and you are your husband they can't get the person but now you're not paying attention to them now you're kind of neglecting them now you're kind of treating them bad now you're not getting it on with them anymore now you're not affectionate anymore and all of a sudden that big lead you had gone and so are they so we all know what it's like to be in that situation where you have a big lead you think you got it all wrapped up and then because you didn't do what you were supposed to do the lead evaporates and sometimes you lose sometimes the lead evaporates and you just get a scare but in either case you shouldn't be in that situation in the first place so I lost that first weight loss game, okay? Because be going back to where you were is a loss. It's not as big a loss as going back to where you were plus more weight, but going back to where you were in the beginning, that's a loss. But this time, I'm starting to take the lead again. And this time I'm watching the clock. And this time I'm watching what the opponent's doing. And this time I'm making it to a point to do what I'm supposed to do. And this time... I'm not going to stop running up the score. I'm not going to stop running up the score till the clock says zero, 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 zero. Oh, yeah. This time, I'm going to be standing at a parade holding up the I'm back in shape trophy with confetti falling on me. And I'm going to be going, I got it. It's done. It's over with. And then I'm going to hold up the next trophy called maintenance sorry fat ass you're gonna go and you ain't invited back here's your eviction notice so come on guys you know what i'm talking about there's something that you're doing or something that you didn't do or something stupid going on around you where you built up a lead and you should win that game and you started messing up it's time to win my friends it's time to win. Oh, yeah. Ha-ha. <laughs> Segment over.
Well, folks, this has been episode number 259 of the S. Anthony Says podcast. And I want to thank you guys very, 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 very much for tuning in. Much love to every last one of my sass bastards around the world. Much love to my sass bastards in Australia. Much love to my sass bastards in Canada. Much love to my Great Britain and my UK sass bastards. Um, of course, my American sass bastards and, and the other places that I'm listed that, that are listening that I don't know are listening right now that are listening in the future. Thank you to you, too, as well. This podcast, the S. Anthony Says podcast is, is available on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, iHeartRadio and the Podcast Revolution Network. Now, please follow the social media for me and for this show, the social media We'll start with Twitter for me specifically on Twitter is at S Anthony Thomas for the show is at S Anthony says uh, I have a verified page on Facebook. If you're in Facebook, just go into the top box and the search box and type in S Anthony says you will see my page with my smiling face and the blue check mark indicating that, of course, it's, it's uh, the verified page for this particular public figure, the very handsome man in the top picture to the left with that dopey ass smile, a.k.a. me. And uh, also, I'm on Instagram, too. And if you want to follow me on Instagram, it's uh, surprisingly S. Anthony Thomas. Well, not surprisingly S. Anthony Thomas, just just my name, S. Anthony Thomas. Don't don't be a dope and actually type in surprisingly S. Anthony Thomas, because that ain't me. Damn it. <laughs> if you want to send some information, some messages to me, you want to send declarations of love, suggestions, comments, declarations of love, please do so at this address. Talk to us, Anthony at gmail.com. T-A-L-K, the word to T-O, my name, S. Anthony at gmail.com. And um, before I go, once again, as I always do, and I mean it every single time because you guys have been really, really cool. Thank you very, very much. I, th- I appreciate the kind words. Uh, thank you for the direct messages of encouragement and, and, and love for the show. Thank you for the email, love for the show. Thank you for the tweets and the retweets. My Potter and family, Tripod. These are both both uh, hashtags you should check out for good stuff. Hashtag Potter and family, hashtag Tripod, hashtag Pods in Color. Any of those hashtags will lead you to good shows. So damn it, click on them and get to listening. After you listen to my pod, of course. <laughs> anyway, but folks, <laughs> I want to thank you sincerely from the bottom of my heart for everything that you've done and for being really, really cool to me. I really do appreciate it. And folks, it doesn't matter to me where you listen to me, where you're listening to me on a on a, riding on a lawnmower, on a treadmill, walking down the street, driving in your car. Thank you for letting me into your ears, into your mind, into your hearts. And folks, I'm going to say goodbye the way I always say goodbye. And I want you to do it with me. I know you do it with me. And I want you to keep doing it with me. And new sass bastards, it's part of the thing. You got to do it with me. You got to say it out loud. Are you ready? On the count of three. Of course you're ready. Are you ready? Let's do it. One, two, three. S. Anthony. Out. Go. Well, hello, hello. How you doing? How you doing? This is the S. Anthony Says Podcast. This is the S. Anthony Thomas, and this is episode number 248248, my friend. That's right. But also, it's episode number one of 2017. That's right. That is right. Happy New Year, sass bastards. Happy New Year to you. And thanks for coming back yet again for the 248th time. Oh, yeah.
Now, I don't know uh, what your New Year's party was like. I just kind of chilled and had some some stuff I had to take care of, you know, and uh, so I didn't get to do as much of uh, what you did, you drunk bastard, uh, as everybody else did. But, uh, you know, it was okay. But I'll tell you this, my friends. I'm still thinking about Christmas, you know, and what happened during Christmas. You know, everybody indulges themselves in 2017. You know, when the, not when the year switches over, you get drunk, you eat some crap, you do this, you do that. And I got to be honest with you. Um, from what I've seen, I know myself well enough to know that sometimes I like to do things and not have people know about it. <laughs> Right. You know, it's like because I thought about it, it's like, you know, if there was social media 20 years ago when I was in my 20s. Oh, man, I would have gone viral so many times with some of the crap I'm doing. Here's a guy getting it on with his girlfriend in the back of a truck on I-95. You know, I mean, not that I've done that. I'm just saying that, that that's the kind of thing that other people that are not me have done. <laughs> Don't judge me. Shut up. But what I'm saying is that, uh, you know, sometimes you just want to have something to yourself, man. You know, like I said, I'm, I'm on social media and all of this kind of crap. And I have all these websites and all of that garbage and all of that crap. And I put out some stuff and, and I talk about embarrassing stuff. But it's different talking about embarrassing stuff on your podcast than someone actually seeing the crap that you did. Or having people real who know you talk about the crap that you did. Because you don't know if I'm lying. You don't know if I'm embellishing for comedic purposes. Just like that thing about the, on, the night I banging a, a girlfriend on the, uh, in the back of a flatbed truck on I-95, that's a dirty lie. That was a joke, no matter what people will say in the future. <clears throat> anyway, <laughs> anyway. <clears throat> so what I'm saying is, you got to have something for, you got to, we, we got in 2017, we just like keep some stuff to ourselves. I don't want to know everything about everybody. Just, just keep something to yourself. Everybody knows what it's like when you want to have something to yourself, right? You've done it before where you, you just want to have a little special something. It doesn't even have to be any something big. It could be like a sandwich that you want, right? You know, you, I really would like to have a sandwich uh, from the blah, blah, blah shop. And you don't really go to the blah, blah, blah shop that often. But this time you're going to treat yourself, damn it. You go and get that sandwich and you want to sit down and you want to sit down and you want to get that movie you like that you, you bought but you didn't get a chance to watch you know and you want to say hey, I'll watch that movie I like it's a movie I've been wanting to see anyway plus this great sandwich I've been thinking about for the past four months and then I'll you know what I'm going to do since I got this I'm going to go get this sandwich and I got this movie I'm going to have the movie and a sandwich and I'm going to get that expensive beer that I usually only drink on New Year's Eve or only drink on birthdays there's nobody here my wife's out of town and we don't have any kids yet and it's just me this movie I wanted to see the you won't wouldn't want to see because it's too damn violent which is the point of buying the crap in the first place plus this sandwich she damn sure wouldn't want me to eat and this beer that she would go what are you drinking that crap for i'm gonna drink that beer so this is what this is what the night's gonna be me that movie where the people blow each other up and i don't even remember the title i think the title is dudes killing each other's asses i don't know but that's what's gonna happen in the movie plus the sandwich plus the beer oh yeah wait a second that's not all i'm gonna do that's not all i'm gonna do i'm not done yet yet 
I like chocolate cake. I love chocolate cake. My wife says I'm on a diet. Well, guess what? She ain't here. So now I'm going to get that movie I wanted to see where the people whoop each other's asses for the whole movie. Where In fact, the people that were making the movies whooped each other's ass while making the movie. But that was in tabloids and that's not important. The movie is about people whooping each other's asses. The damn sandwich I'm not supposed to have. The beer I'm not supposed to have. And the chocolate cake I'm not supposed to have. Damn it. I'm having it. And what is cake without ice cream, right? What is cake without ice cream? Damn it. I'm going to have the movie where the people whoop each other's asses i'm gonna have the sandwich i'm not supposed to have i'm gonna have the beer i'm not supposed to drink i'm gonna have the cake i'm not supposed to have and i'm gonna put on top of that cake some ice cream i'm damn sure not supposed to have and it's gonna be a wonderful night and i'm not done there damn it i'm turning off my cell phone i'm turning off my home phone and you know what i'm gonna do just to make sure nobody comes and knocks on the door just to say hello i'm parking seven blocks away and then i'm gonna go home people are gonna see that my cars aren't not there i'm gonna have the lights out i'm gonna watch the tv through headphones so no one can hear the tv i'm gonna pull the shades down and it's all about me damn it it's all about me oh damn yeah and that may seem like an exaggeration, but let's be honest. You've done it before. Don't act like you haven't had a meal you really wanted to have and you prepared yourself for that meal in a way that other people might think is stupid. Right? Now, granted, the scenario that I just set out was definitely not me. It was someone else, just like the person who was getting it on with his girlfriend in the, back, in the flatbed of a truck in I-95. That was not me. And also this whole thing with the drink, the, the, the movie, the sandwich, the ice cream, the cake, and that, all, that was also definitely not me. No matter what happens in the future of someone who's a friend of mine confirms that all of that was me. That, that Whoever that person is who is listening to this podcast, and I'll kick your ass if you open your mouth, even though none of that was me. <laughs> Don't judge me. Shut up. But I had a friend who was almost as embarrassing with some stuff, man. You know, like granted, me personally, like I said, none of that was me. That was a hypothetical person. <laughs> but I had a friend who loved pasta. Wasn't supposed to eat it, but loved it. Was not supposed to put it in his mouth, but loved it. Loved it, loved it. So when he, he 99% of the time, he stayed away from it. But there were times, times when he was going to have his damn pasta. And I shouldn't have said 99% of the time. I should have said 70. Because <laughs> sometimes he ate it. But it was enough to just eat a little bit of pasta. When he ate pasta, he really ate pasta. When he ate pasta, he shuffled it down. When he ate pasta, his body was 74% pasta. Yeah, I said it. So what did he have? We called them pasta pants. He had a certain pair of pants, and this is no joke, where he would literally put those pants on in preparation of the amount of pasta he was going to eat. He would get one of those big things, those big tins of pasta that if you stuck your hands out from your shoulder out and extended your hands horizontally, well, the pot would take up that amount of space. And the pot was deep, and he would shovel pasta in his face in his house by himself, and we would go over there. Hey, man, what's going on? Hey, you guys, come in. 
uh, like there's a key underneath. You know where the key is? It's underneath the flower pot. Let yourself in. You all right in there? Yeah, all right. Oh my God, he might be sick. Let's get in there. And you see his punk ass sitting in a chair in his lazy boy chair, laid back, looking like he just took two shots of heroin. And he's laying there, and his stomach is a little ex- dis- extended, and he's got his hands on his stomach, and he's got a smile on his face, and he's <laughs> like he's high. And we think, oh man, are you high? And then we see the empty pasta tin, the size of a mattress on the floor and we're going oh and we look at him he's got his pasta pants on yeah pasta pants we've all done those things to prepare ourselves for meals and stuff like that that we just want to have to ourselves i've even done it and i know what you're thinking well in the middle in the beginning of this segment obviously it was you that was had his girlfriend banging the crap out of him in in a flatbed truck on i-95 you can't prove it. And you're the one that had that stupid meal with the, with the cry, with the movie with people whooping each other's ass, the sandwich, the drink, and the Coke cake and the ice cream. <laughs> you can't prove that either. But this actually is me because <laughs> I'm willing to admit to this. But but when I said just now that I'm willing to admit to this, I'm not admitting that I did the other stuff. I'm just admitting to this part. <laughs> Don't judge me. Shut up. But it was an ice cream sandwich that I liked that was a long way away from my house. It was a really great ice cream sandwich. It's kind of ice cream sandwich with a chocolate chip cookie on the top, chocolate chip cookie on the, on the bottom, and a really good ice cream in the middle. And it was better than the other ice cream sandwiches that I had eaten before. Good enough, almost good enough to make the trip to get to the place, but the place was a bit of a hike away from the house. But sometimes on my travels, I was within two miles of the place, within two miles of the place. And if I was within two miles of the place, I would drive the two miles to get the crap. And one time I said, you know what, damn it, I'm not going to eat this in the car. I love this sandwich so much. I want to actually just sit back and enjoy the ice cream sandwich. And this time I didn't get the small one. I got the bigger one. Yeah, it was too much. But so what? I'm a grown man. Mind your business, you bastards. I'm getting it. So I I go up to the counter and I say, hey, it's Anthony, you're back. Yes, I know what you want. <laughs> well, hey, no, 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 not that one. That one. You can get the big one? Mm-hmm. But that's twice as much. Not a problem. <laughs> and I give the money and I put it in there and I put the sandwich in the trunk. It's a little colder outside because in the car I like to keep it 70 degrees. I put the ice cream sandwich down there. I got it in the, the trunk and I'm going, ha, ha, ha. And I'm driving home. And this will show you how much I like the ice cream sandwich. You know how sometimes you're driving down the road and you got a bit of a hike to get back to your place you turn on a podcast hopefully this one you turn on the radio forget the radio turn back to this podcast or you want to listen to the news after news listen to this podcast and you're driving home and you're thinking about the thing that you're listening to which better be this podcast and you're just enjoying the process and in the back of your mind you want the ice cream you go oh yeah when i get home i'll have this ice cream sandwich well in my case it didn't matter what the hell was on the radio it was like i wish that radio was shut up so i can think about how much i'm gonna tear that ice cream sandwich up when i get home i'm gonna tear that thing up real good i'm gonna destroy that ice cream sandwich that ice cream sandwich is gonna be a begging for mercy please mr s you're devouring me too much shut up ice cream sandwich and just take it because this is what's happening i'm punishing you for being so delicious and so far away from me so i can't have three of you a week you piece of shit and now we're home oh yeah 
and I pull up to the house. Ah, and there's nobody there. Ooh, so I'm going to be able to sit there, watch YouTube videos where people are complaining about each other over stupid crap and eating my ice cream sandwich. And then I go in to take the bag out. I pick up the bag and it does not seem to have the same consistency that it had when I picked it up from the store. What the hell's going on? I go in the house. I pop open the bag and it had melted down. Now it wasn't an ice cream sandwich. It was a brown bag of looked like brown and white liquidy snots. It looked like something that fell out of a bird's buttocks if the bird was the size of a pterodactyl. Oh no. All that driving, all those positive thoughts, all that time I'm sitting there thinking about how much I can't wait to get my mouth wrapped around that damn ice cream sandwich. And what do I have now? Nothing. And I'm pissed the hell off. You know what I'm talking about. Now, just like my friend had the pasta pants and just like that guy that wasn't me collected all that food from different places that he wasn't supposed to eat, who definitely wasn't me. I now knew that when I was going to have that ice cream sandwich again, I needed to prepare myself. I needed to be ready for the damn ice cream sandwich, damn it. So this time I said, for those of you that are too young, that's the Mission Impossible music. And technically the Mission Impossible music is before my time. But so what, punk? Now you know. It's a spy series. Shut up. I'm going to continue with the story. So I decided, damn it, I'm never going to let that happen again. I'm never going to spend all that money on a damn delicious ice cream sandwich and not even get to eat it because when I open it up, it looks like pterodactyl droppings. Hell no. I'm going to be ready. So I go to the store and I go to the store specifically for one reason, to preserve the ice cream sandwich. And what do I do, my friends? I buy a hot and cold thermal bag and I leave it in the trunk. And it's the only thing in my trunk. The only thing in there other than the kind of stuff that you need for your car, like your tire, fix it flat and all that crap is the only thing in the trunk that isn't car related why because i'm gonna be prepared next time just like when i was with that girl and we were with a bunch of friends and she said oh yeah i told you you need to be more spontaneous i said i'll show you spontaneous and then we climbed through the window took off our clothes and i banged the crap out of her on the back of a truck like i said that was not me <laughs> <laughs> You know, and it definitely was not me that knew that she was going to say something like that and made it a point to have condoms just in case you wanted to give up some delicious buttocks. But but that's beside the point. I'm, what I'm that was definitely not me. That but, <clears throat> what I'm saying is the person that wasn't me made it a point to have fresh condoms in his pocket. So when his girlfriend tried to do one of those I challenge you things and that what he knew was going to lead to banging, she was saying all that crap thinking he wasn't going to be prepared. Then he whips out the condom. She smiles. He, he, he. And then he takes her to Pound City and then she takes him to Bangville. But that definitely was not me. It was someone else. Mind your business. The point is, be prepared. And I was prepared. I had the hot and cold back in the trunk. And I didn't know when I was going to go back to that place. But I knew I would. And eventually, three months later, I wind up back at the ice cream sandwich place. And I get the ice cream sandwich. I'm sitting there looking at the ice cream sandwich. And I'm going, oh, damn it. I'm going to have to eat this now. I'm not going to get to enjoy this at home. Damn, damn, wait a second. Open up the trunk. There's the hot and cold bag that I had purchased 94 days earlier. I open it up. I throw the ice cream sandwich in the hot and cold bag. I 
clothes are hot and cold back, put it back in the trunk, close the trunk, get in the car, drive home. And the whole time I'm driving a little bit faster than I'm going, even if I get a speeding ticket, damn it, it's worth it. It's worth it. I'll take the speeding ticket just to make sure I can enjoy this delicious sandwich. Huh? Speeding tickets are $100. I will not get a speeding ticket, not even for this damn sandwich. I'm not an idiot. And I'm driving home. And the whole time there's sweat pouring down my face. Is he going to make it? Seven miles. Let me turn on the radio. In the news today, it's going to be a lot warmer. How much warmer? So much warmer that even if you have your ice cream sandwich and a hot and cold bag, the weather's going to fuck that sandwich up. Ha ha. Shut up, news guy. Click. And I start speeding up again. And I see police officers. And I'm not going that much over the speed limit. But I'm not going to go too much over the speed limit. I slow back down. And I'm driving with the thing. And I got to squeeze the steering wheel. And there's more sweat drumming down the force to turn the radio back on. <laughs> if you're not home with your ice cream sandwich by now, it is it is probably looking like a big bag of pterodactyl droppings. <laughs> Shut up, radio guy. Turn off the radio. Three miles. Two miles. One mile. There's that block. Pull up to the driveway. Turn off the car. Put this, put this club on the car. Get out of the car. Wipe the sweat from my brow. Open up the trunk. Grab the hot and cold bag. Pull it toward me. I'm not even going to open it up. I, 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 I got to open up. I got to know. I got to know. Damn it. I open up the hot and cold bag. And what do I see? My ice cream sandwich is still cold. Oh, yeah. And then I go into the house. Oh, yeah, this is going to be great. I'm going to tear this sucker up. I'm going to demolish this sandwich. Hey, what you got there? Hey, baby. Oh, you got one of those ice cream sandwiches. Oh, fantastic. Oh, let me go get a knife. And now I have to share the ice cream sandwich. Hey, yeah, of course, baby. You can have half the ice cream sandwich, of course. Yeah. Oh, you cut it in half and your half's a little bit bigger? Oh, that's okay. That's not a problem. That's not a problem at all. You know, I like to get I like to share with you. I'm hoping that we I can salvage this with some extra banging. I'm hoping that she allows me to eat some delicious buttocks. I mean not to be a pig or anything, but I didn't know I thought she wasn't gonna be back for like another hour and I'd be able to eat the damn sandwich before she got here. Oh, let me see me uh I'm hoping I can get some sex. She's smiling at the movie. Okay, okay. Okay, I'm, she's, I'm gonna put my... I'm gonna, I'm gonna sit next to her if she puts her leg over my leg. 
49% of an ice cream sandwich and some extra delicious buttocks. This is great. I mean, you know, I really can't complain about this now, you know. I mean, I, I did get the big ice cream sandwich, so I, I technically had slightly more ice cream sandwich than I would have had had I got the small one. You know, because if I had gotten a small ice cream sandwich, I'd literally have half of one of the small ice cream sandwiches and some sex, which is still great. But now I actually have more ice cream sandwich than I normally would have had anyway, plus the buttocks. I really can't complain about that. No, I can't. Okay, I'm going to tell the truth. That's not exactly what happened. This is what happened. Hey, what you got there? Oh, I... Uh, Oh, you got an ice cream sandwich? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, God. Let me get some. Let me get a knife. Oh, okay, cool. That's all right. You need to cut it in half. All right. She actually did cut it exactly in half. Oh, okay, great. All right. And she eats her half of the ice cream. Oh, that's great. I eat my half of the ice cream thing. <laughs> yeah. She's sitting on the couch next to me. We're having a great time. And I'm thinking, oh, you th you think that you think the ice cream sandwich is the only thing I'm going to tear up tonight? Oh, ho, ho. she gives me a kiss on the mouth. I'm like, yeah, yeah. She goes into the bathroom. And I'm thinking, oh, she's going to take that shower. That means a boom, boom, jiggy, jiggy, boom, da boom, jiggy, jiggy, boom, boom, jiggy, jiggy, boom, da boom, jiggy. And she says, oh, could you do me a favor? Yeah. Yeah, what's up, girl? Could you go to the oh um? Could you do me a favor? There's a bag on the on the, on the table. Could you could you could you hand me the box out of that bag? Sure, no problem, girl. <laughs> I bet this is one of them you know them hygiene products that she's gonna prepare herself for big daddy. Yeah, they good to tampax, tam tampax, tampax. I didn't check the calendar. Damn it! Oh, uh, here you go. Here, here's your uh, here's your sex killing tampons. Uh, what'd you say? No, no, there's a, there's a tampons. I just wanted to make sure you gave, gave me the tampons. Thank you very much. You know, I, yeah, you know, I just, uh, now um, I know you hate when I ask you to go get them, you know, so I got them myself. Yeah, yeah. It's no problem, baby. <laughs> From now on, I'm going to let her tell me to get them because then if I go get them, at least I'll know that nothing's going to happen for four and a half days to five days. But I, I wasn't paying attention to the calendar. I just did. It's great. No ice cream. Yeah, half my ice cream sandwich is gone. And not five days of no. Uh, damn it. Now you see what I mean. Sometimes you just want to have a little bit of something to yourself. You just want to prepare yourself to have that one little thing to yourself. Oh, don't do it. And then you can't have it. It's not the only scenario where something gets messed up too, man. I mean, this is something I had. A, this is something that happened to me with a friend of mine. I was, uh, we were eating at this place, and it was like a little hole in the wall place, a little greasy around the edges, but everybody liked it. And we're sitting there eating our sandwiches, and a fly lands on this dude's sandwich, right on the side of the sandwich. And I always wondered about that. You know, it's like they all, you have that five second rule when you throw things on the floor, which is, of course, ridiculous. But if you have a sandwich that you've been dying for for a long period of time, you've been waiting for the sandwich, wanting the sandwich, dreaming of the sandwich, you finally get this sandwich and a fly lands on it. Do you eat the sandwich or do you cut off the chunk where the fly was and eat what's left over? Often wondered about that. So you can get away with that in a restaurant. But what about at your? What about you're at your house? What about you buy that crap? You go back to your house. You're there. You had in the places across town. It's like with the ice cream sandwich. You got the, the the sandwich on the table, and a bug lands on a part of the 
a part of the of the sandwich. Do so you cut off that part of the sandwich and eat the rest of it, or do you just say screw it and go get another sandwich? I don't know. I was thinking about that. That happened to me one time. You know, you, 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 the fly land up one of those, those big giant flies landed right on the side of my damn sandwich. I cut off the part of the sandwich where the fly was because I saw the fly not touch the rest of the sandwich, but I cut off the part of the sandwich where the fly landed. And for some reason, I just couldn't put the damn sandwich in my mouth. I just couldn't do it. It's something to me was like, no, 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 no. Ugh. And even though I knew the fly didn't touch the rest of the sandwich, because I was looking right at it when the fly landed, I just couldn't do it. And sometimes when you when something like that happens in your mind, you start thinking about other things that have nothing to do with that. And I started thinking about, in 2017, people that come around you when you're working on something special and them being there kind of ruins it a little bit. You know, you're building something nice and you got your little sandwich there and the sandwich might be a project you're working on, might be a relationship you're working on, it might be something that's important to you and then they come and kind of land on it, right? And kind of ruin it a little bit, right? And even if you get rid of them, the fact that they were there and said that thing, did that thing, did something, kind of messes it up for you. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, you, you're going to date with someone, and then they all said, oh, yeah, didn't you work at the blah, blah, blah club? But the, oh, dude, really? No, I wouldn't have known about that. Hey, yes, remember that time you were with them three girls? Dude, really? <laughs> right? You know, and that was before, I mean, it was happened before you met the girl, or it happened before she met you, or whatever, some kind of weird thing that is not important. If they didn't tell you when you found out about it later, you wouldn't have cared about it, but you don't want to hear about it now. I had a girlfriend one time when she was mad at me. She was staying at my place. She literally left. It was like a picture of an old boyfriend. And she kind of left it on my dining room table. And I'm like, why are you carrying around a picture of this dude? What the, you know? You know, well, that was the day I graduated from college. And, you know, I was really happy. So that's the only picture you got graduating from college? The only picture is you hugged up on some dude? Well, he was my college boyfriend. So I, I know you for a fact. You, you're a photographer. You have ni- nine million pictures. There's other pictures. You don't have any pictures of you with your dad, with your sisters. You know what I'm saying? This is the one you're carrying around. Come on, I'm not an idiot. Now, had I not seen that picture, it wouldn't have been a big deal, right? If we had been married for ten years and that picture was in the back of the closet, I wouldn't have given a crap. But this was in a new part of the relationship. The sandwich had just gotten to the table. I was just digging into the sandwich. I just had one little bite of the sandwich. It was delicious. And I was like, yes, I'm going to make a meal out of the sandwich. Fly lands on it. What was the fly? A picture of her sauce smooched up with some dude. And she kept the picture and was on my dining room table. Oh, come on. Sometimes that thing lands on your sandwich and messes up the sandwich. Even if you get rid of it, if she apologizes, I'm sorry, it's not really about him. And you're not going to break with her, up with her over the picture. You're not going to throw the sandwich in the trash because a fly landed on the corner. 
but you know, you kind of chop that corner off the sandwich. Like I kind of chopped that corner off of the sandwich. I chopped that part off and I threw away the, she had her boy, the ex-boyfriend picture still. I threw that part away because this guy's long gone. He ain't even in the same side of the country we're on. And even if he was, he ain't me. It doesn't really matter, but still it annoyed me. And I said, all right, we'll forget about it. But you didn't forget about it. The same way if you cut that piece of the sandwich off, there's still something in your mind that says, that's a fly sandwich, fly sandwich, fly sandwich. <laughs> right? And there was something about me that says, she, she, she always got to hold on to other dudes, hold on to other dudes, hold on to other dudes. I can't take it. And it's not the same sandwich anymore. It's not the same sandwich anymore. And I thought about that. And like I said, I don't know why those that that thought came into my mind when I was thinking about a sandwich. But if you really think about it, that's kind of what happens when you're building something nice and something important to you. And then somebody comes along and says some crap, does some crap, gives you these some of the every time you mention the thing that's important to you, they always got this stupid facial expression on their face. They're always putting it down. They're asking things of you to let you know that they don't even remember that at a specific time you do the specific thing that they should know was important to you. And it just kind of drags you down, you know. And even though they apologize, even though they cut off that little piece of the sandwich where the fly landed, still, even though the sandwich is still delicious, still, all you can think about is a little piece that got cut off by the person doing or saying the dumb thing that the person did or said. And it's frustrating. And it's a pain in the ass. And what I've learned to do now is to put my sandwich places where there are no flies. Right. And if you put your sandwich places where there are no flies, you're in good shape, my friend. Right. I'm at the point now where there are certain things that I'm doing podcast wise and career wise. There are certain people that are around me friendship wise that even though I dig them for the most part, I don't tell people everything because I don't want to hear any crap. I don't want to hear it. You know, you don't want to like when I should do when I started doing comedy, you I'd, I'd have relatives and friends go, oh, you're going to go to that little place and do your little skits. I'm going little little place to do little skits. At the time, I was doing comedy around seven years professionally. It was what I did for a living. I had been on television. I had been on radio. I had been on the cover of, of, a, of newspapers. Right. I knew there were going to be 300 and something people in the club that, you know, and little skits in the little place. Right now, technically, that's not supposed to, that's not that big of a deal. I could look at my resume, to, you know, and go, hey, I've accomplished some things in a short amount of time. And I'm, I'm highly thought of where I am. This is pretty cool. But then your girlfriend or someone close to you calls it the little place with the little skits. And you see the fly walking around the side of that little side of your sandwich. And you go, yeah, well, even though she said that, she still, I still love her. And also, I like banging her. So I'm going to, uh, she says it again. And then you put another sandwich down and another fly lands on it. And another sandwich down and another fly lands on it. And another sandwich down and another fly lands on it. And after a while, there's so many flies around that when you put your sandwich down, they jump on it and there's 9,000 flies jumping on your sandwich like it's a pile of crap and you realize you can't have these people around your sandwich anymore you gotta be where the flies aren't and that's what I've decided to do in 2017 
I've got a delicious sandwich that I'm building right now, and I can't wait till I'm finished building it so I can sit down and eat it. But I ain't going to let any flies land on it. So that's what I would say to you, my friends. I know there are things that are important to you. It could be something small. could be something big. But it's important to you. It's your delicious sandwich. And the flies are coming. And it's up to you to put your sandwich where the flies aren't. You dig? Or put your sandwich wherever you want. And when the fly shows up, swat the bastards. But but you don't want to do that because swatting bastards is... You know, this is the Langean jail. And you don't want to do that, you know, because then if you're in jail, a bunch of dudes will make you their delicious sandwich. And I don't think you want to be anybody's sandwiches, you know, because, you know, that that's not good. It's not fun. You don't, you don't want that to happen. Teehee. <laughs> Segment over. All right, guys, I'm just this. These are just things that have ever. That have happened to me, that have amused me and tickled the crap out of me on occasion. You know, because sometimes when people hear your voice, they have a, a different picture of who, who of who you are than who you actually are. You know, sometimes people will hear my voice and not know exactly what person is going to show up. I remember it was a time I was going for a writing job. And I was a very young man. And I wrote the script. And I knew that I found that about the uh, I found that about the script that I needed the script, and and I found it about it late. And I wrote the script, and the lady's on the phone. She reads the script. Oh, this is the great. Oh, hey, you. And I'm not a I'm not a writer per se. I mean, I'm not. I have no real interest in doing that. But the thing is, I figured I'd take an opportunity. I mean, it was an opportunity at a job, so why not? And um, I get, and I had to do it really quickly. And she was, oh, this, this is pretty good. This, that, that. Oh, man. I said, well, I wrote it. Uh, when when did you write this? Uh, uh, yesterday. You wrote this whole thing yesterday? Yeah. I mean, I mean, uh, you know, I figured, it, uh, you know, I probably shouldn't have admitted that. But she's going, oh, my God, if you wrote this in one day, blah, 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 blah. I show up. And she heard my voice over the phone. And at the time, I'm I'm living in L.A. I, I, you know, I don't even have a car. You know, I mean, you know, I, I'm, I, I mean, my clothes, are, I mean, I look pretty good, but it was obvious I didn't have any money. You know, I wasn't, I wasn't like gross or dirty clothes or anything, but it was apparent you could, you could, you could look at somebody and go, okay, it's a nice person, but that person has no money. And it was very obvious that I, I was well put together, you know, but I didn't have any money. So I wasn't, uh, they, I know she was expecting, hey, ladies, excuse me while I take off my $900 suit coats. Oh, yeah. Ha ha. Billy D. Williams, Colt 45. Oh, jiggity boom. Ah, oh, yes. I'm 6'4. Boom, jiggity boom, boom, jiggity. That's what she was expecting. And she sees this five foot eight and change dude who's, you know, who's got decent clothes on, but obviously doesn't have any money. And the same person was like, You're the greatest, you're incredible. Oh, my God. I was like, Die, scum bastard, die. <laughs> It's like literally, she's like, "He's here, he's here, fantastic! Here, let's be come out there and meet him." And are you out there? Hey, I'm out here right now. Oh, that's gonna be great. He comes out, hi, and die, bastard. 
right? Now, at that time, when I was younger, when that happened, when you see that look on the lady's face, like, you're not what I expected, die bastard, it kind of hurts your feelings. It hurt my feelings back then because it was like, I always, I was already feeling a little self-conscious because everybody there was dressed in virtually the same way that I was dressed, but it was very obvious that their shoes and clothes did not come from the same place that my shoes and clothes came from, okay? And I'm pretty sure none of those guys caught the bus to get there okay you know so that hurt my feelings you know and it became and then she started making excuses well we know basically if i looked the way she thought i was going to look if i was johnny smooth i would have had that job in four minutes but because i was just some dopey kid and, and you know it was like die scum <laughs> right so the bus ride home which was a long ride was humiliating you know she was so encouraging and they were so encouraging on the phone and the people that talked were so busy you know you're this you're that oh we can't wait to work with you this that there was so much of that crap that i'm literally go from a few days before not even thinking about it to two days later thinking oh god it's actually going to happen so i'm telling everybody oh man there's a good chance i'm pretty sure that that that, that. and now i gotta take this long ass ride home and anticipate having to tell people who i just was telling all this great stuff was going to happen and now i'm on the bus and as i get closer to my home i'm thinking oh now at the time cell phones existed but they were only for people that had lots and lots of money even worse than they even way worse than even now when the phones cost seven eight hundred dollars i mean it was worse back then and i'm like oh people were still using pagers back then and i'm on the bus oh god and i'm riding and riding and i gotta go back to my house you know i gotta call my girlfriend and i know her she's probably already called everybody and you know and, and it's like oh she's got a bunch of phone calls she's got to make you know, oh, I'm glad I didn't say anything to my family back home because this would have been even worse. I was going to wait until it actually happened, which is what I should have done with everyone else. Should have waited until it actually happened, until I actually signed some papers, which is the kind of thing I would do now. I don't say anything. I don't tell anybody anything I'm doing until I got papers signed. And then I say, by the way, this happened. Right. And I'm riding the bus home. And all I could think about was the mm, die bastard look on her face. <laughs> And as an older guy now, it's kind of hard to hurt my feelings now because I just don't give a crap what people think for the most part. Um, I I still I still, <laughs> I just almost it's like as bad as it as bad as I was hurt, my feelings were hurt. There's a part of me that now would look at my old self, knowing it was me, and it's okay to laugh at yourself, and would just walk up to my to walk up to young me and go, dude, it's gonna be fine. It's going to be fine. I already know there's certain things that are going to happen about two years from now that are going to be okay. It's going to be all right. Let's be honest. Would you really want to work with somebody that thinks that lowly of human beings because they don't have the nicest of clothes, even though your clothes are new, but they're not as nice as everyone else's clothes? And even though you had to ride the bus and these people are all driving nice cars, they at some point, unless they were born into a rich family, they at some point had to ride the bus or go through certain things. And there's no reason for somebody to look down on you and treat you like crap because of that. So don't worry about it, kid. Don't worry about it. Right? So I'm sitting there thinking, <laughs> right? So I'm laughing and laughing and laughing and laughing and laughing at myself in my mind now. But back then it was horrible. Now the thing is, sometimes those things happen to me even now. Because like I said, I'm 48 years old. I have a baby face. 
if you run into me and I have my head shaved and my face shaved, I don't look anywhere near as old as I am, which is why young women actually fur with me because they don't realize I'm like 20 years older than they are. But then again, they find out how old I am and they go, it doesn't matter, you're a delicious chocolate man and bang me anyway. <laughs> it's happened before. Yes, it has. Shut up. So anyway, <laughs> but it happened to me a few other times. Like I have white hair on my head when I have, uh, and I've had white hair since I was in my 20s. It was sprinkles of it, but now my hair is, there's, there's, a, there's still more black than white, but there's enough white in my hair where you can't miss it and definitely on my face, okay? But when I, like I said, when I shave my head and face it, I look a lot younger. So I, I'm, so, but I don't care anymore, you know? So I, so it, when, this, when the window came around, I just let the hair stay on my head and I didn't shave my face. What difference does it make? I ain't trying to impress anybody. What the hell do I care? So I go to this place that I had been before a few months earlier and there was a young lady there and, and you know, you do that practice flirting where you're not really going to pursue the person, but you look forward to flirting with them anyway. You're never going to do anything with them. You're not going to do it, but you just look forward to the, to the free flirting practice that you're going to do. Well, that's what this was. Right, so I'm going back there. I said, "Oh, let me get, let me do some flirting with the pretty, uh, the pretty young lady at thing." She always, I always wait until she initiates the flirting. I, I do a little more polite flirting, and then I go about my way, floating off like, "Yes, I still got it." <laughs> right, but I go back in there, and I have my. I, this time it's been a little while, so I got white hair on my head. I got white hair on my face. I got my sunglasses on, and I walk in there, and I have had my hair, I have not shaved in a while, so I keep forgetting what I look like. I keep forgetting that I look like an older, older guy with the white hair on my face and the head, because I'm, I still remember what I, I know what I look like when my, I'm clean shaven. So I go up to the thing there, and I'm preparing for the, hey, you're gay, cutie, hey, this sweetie, beanie, whoop, whoop, beep, 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 and I'm about to buy my customary dollar slice of pizza, which I did, which I I buy 50% because I want the dollar slice of pizza and 50% because I want the hot woman to tell me how cute I am and floopty, 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 and flirt and flirt and flirt, right? Like I said, I'm not going to do anything with her, but I, I want to hear, I like when attractive women tell me I'm cute. Call me crazy. So I walk up there and I'm going to have my little half smile. I'm like, here comes the part where I ask for the slice of pizza. Uh-huh. And she says, hey, sweetie. Uh-huh. Hey, you're looking cute, nice dimples, this, that, and the other things. Uh-huh. And she doesn't recognize me. She doesn't recognize me at all. And why would she recognize me? She sees Mr. Youthful Face. And then all of a sudden she sees Uncle Ben from Uncle Ben's Rice show up. All right. She sees Frederick Douglass show up there. And, uh, <laughs> you know. And I, I asked for the slice of pizza, and, and, and she doesn't even, it's because now, it's like, yes, old bastard, die, scum, die, bye, bastard, die. What mm, old bastard, die, scum, die. You know, and it's like just dismissive and, and kind of rude and kind of curt. And I'm thinking, well, maybe something's going on behind the business. Maybe she, okay, obviously she doesn't know it's me, but here's the thing. Maybe something is going on behind the scenes. Maybe her, maybe the store manager has been rude to her. Maybe a bunch of customers have been rude to her. I don't know what it is, but she's not behaving the way she normally behaves. She's not doing it the way she normally does. And, you know, so it's not a big deal. I'm not going to take it personally. It's not a big deal. Next customer comes up while she's heating up my pizza. Excuse me, ma'am. I was like, yes, hey, sweetness, charming, engaging conversation, friendliness, human contact, actual eye contact, <laughs> talking, enjoying another person's company, acting like they're a human being, acting like they exist. And then she gives me my pizza. She says, excuse me, sir. Okay, let me talk to this old bastard who needs to die. 
Yes, scum die bastard. Um, listen, I'm gonna take your little punk ass piece of pizza in the back. I'm gonna go in the back and put some oregano and some uh, garlic on it. Now you're gonna hear the sound of a bunch of us back there spitting on it, but I wanna let you. <laughs> but I wanna let you know that it's just uh, it's just a machine that sounds like us spitting. Um, the machine also sounds like us saying, "F that old guy. He ain't nothing. He's ugly. Old bastard die. It's puff 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 with us spitting." But like, once again, it's just the the machine that sounds like that. What pizza machine sounds like? 520 something women spitting on pizza and saying die old man i mean i i'm not understanding you well you know it's the new technology i mean i, I don't expect someone from your generation to understand it okay you and then they did and i get my pizza now she didn't spit on it i don't think and then i leave and I'm thinking, okay, maybe she's had a bad day. Maybe she's had a bad day. There's really no reason for me to take it personally. I don't know. And I go back the next day, and she goes, hello, you're back, huh, die bastard? And it's the same rude treatment again, right? And then I come back after I shaved my face and head. Hey, you haven't been here in a while. And cuteness, flirty, flirty, you cutie, cutie, cutie. Dimples, cuteness, hee hee, too. And she's all in my damn face again. But now it doesn't feel so good that she's flirting anymore. Not because I'm not cute, because <laughs> I am. And not because I'm a sweetie beady, because, <laughs> once again, guilty. But because now I know what she's really like. If she had not known, if she had not known it was me, and then I walked up, and instead of flirting, because she, she would immediately sees the white hair and thinks old guy, she was like, hey, sir, how's it going? And she was nice and cute and everything. I would have then revealed myself. It's me. Why were you doing all that white hair on your head? Oh, my God. Or I would have been smart enough to go, I don't want her to see this shit, and got the hell out of there. <laughs> right? But the thing was, I was just so disappointed because she showed me what her real personality was like. And I was just disappointed, man. And then when I went back in there with my head shaved, and she was all sweetie, beady, cutie, beady, 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 flirty, flirty, flirty. I didn't even want to flirt with her anymore. It's like, oh, I don't want to flirt with somebody who was that mean to somebody. Right? Same day. Back with the hair on my head. I go to this Taco Bell. <clears throat> And she hears my voice over the machine. Hi, welcome to Taco Bell. What can we help you with? Well, I'd like to have a bloop de bloop, a whoop de whoop de bloop de bloop, and a bloop de bloop. Oh, well, gracious, good day to you. <laughs> Coming around to you. I turn the corner and it's like, hey, die bastard. <laughs> Now, granted, they didn't say die bastard or anything like that, but it went from tee hee 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 to I'm going to say the exact minimum amount of words I have to say. I'm going to keep this very, very professional, no eye contact whatsoever. And I am laughing in this car. I am laughing hysterically in the car at this treatment. I'm li I mean, I'm literally laughing hysterically in the car at the way she's, she's treating me. I'm, I'm, I am cracking up. And they're looking at me trying to figure out why I'm laughing. I didn't say I'm laughing at you because I know when I come back with my head shaved, my face shaved, you're going to treat me differently. I know that. They don't know that. I said, you know what? I don't even want anything from Taco Bell, but I'm going to go back from Taco Bell and I want to see if they treat me differently. Go to the thing. Hey, have a gracious day. Hey, what's going on? I come around the corner. Now I come around. I don't have the white hair on my head and my white hair on my face. And I was like, hey, what's going on? It's a great day. It's not deep, 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 deep. I'm going. 
Then I started laughing hysterically again. Why? Because it was almost like being Superman and I was Clark Kent. I was Clark Kent when I had the gray hair on my head and my face. And then I came back and I'm freaking Superman with the damn, um, with, with the hair off my face. You know, you know, it's really great to be here. I wonder what's going on. Wait a minute. There's a hot woman over there who wants to engage someone in conversation and flirt with them and tell them how cute their nipples are. Not nipples. Their dimples are. Well, hold on for a minute. I don't know if there's anyone like that around here. I'm, I'm, excuse me, I'm going to walk around the corner to this bathroom. Razor, shaving, wash my face, come back out, hair off my face, hair off my head, walk out. I'm here now, young lady. That's right, you have someone to flirt with. Hello. Hi, I really needed someone to talk to and tell them that they're cute. Well, I'm right here. S-Man. I can leap over people's disgusting personalities in a single bound. And disguised as a 48-year-old guy with white hair, I go into the bathroom, shave my head and face, and come back out as the S-Man. Young lady, proceed to flirt with the middle-aged man and tell them, me in this case, that he's cute. And then as I walk away, tell one of your equally attractive 20-something friends uh, that even though I'm kind of old, I could still, quote, get it. And then your friend will say, you know what? He is kind of cute with those dimples and his little cute self and those sunglasses. You know what? You're right. He's kind of old, but that old guy could still get this. Dun, 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 and then I'll walk away as you look at my ass. <laughs> oh, God, because that's what happened. The day before, ah, the die bastard scum by. And then all of a sudden, I come back my regular self. He's kind of old, but he could still get it. <laughs> oh, man. It was like being Clark Kent. And I came back as S-Man, you know. So I would just say to people, you know, it's it's really weird when you find out exactly who someone is and you find out they're not exactly who you thought they were, you know. And the the thing about it, like I said, it didn't really bother me that much as an older guy. It bothered me, like I said, as a younger guy, it bothered me. As an older guy, it doesn't bother me too much. It just disappointed me, man, because when 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 you're an older guy, when you're an older guy, flirting means a lot more than it is when you're a younger guy. When you're a younger guy, you're just flirting because you want to get it on. When you're an older guy, if you flirt as an older guy with someone, they want to they 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 take that crap very seriously. Either they're not interested at all or they're already going, look, um, we've been on two dates. You need to knock me up now, damn it. I ain't got time for any crap. Well, this is, this is still actually in the middle of the second date. Yeah, 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 yeah. Put it in and have to just knock me up now, damn it. I don't have time to mess around. I wanted to have kids before and you have, you better just put that in there and knock me the hell up. But, but, but couldn't we just get to, to know each other? I ain't got time to get to know you. Do you have any diseases? No. Are you in good health? Yeah. All right, you have all your teeth? Yep. You got a job? Yeah. Are you crazy? No. Your marriage material. Now, just we will get married later. Just put it in and knock me up, and then that's it. 
<laughs> so that's why you love those opportunities to flirt with the young 20-somethings because you know it's not going to go anywhere and you can just enjoy the flirting. And they're not sitting there trying to, you know, and even if somehow you wind up dating them, they're not trying to get pregnant. But I'm not going to date anybody that young. I'll bang them, though. <laughs> of course, I, I, I would not do that. That's, you know, even though it, it's, it's, it's legal for me to do something, to, to, to jump on top of 28 and 29 and 25-year-olds, I'm not the kind of guy that would do that unless they let me. <laughs> Don't judge me. But it was weird, though. You say it was weird. It's like being undercover, undercover. You know, to find out, and I found out that my flirting partner wasn't as nice a person as I thought they were, and it disappointed me. You know, and I went back there, and I saw her there, and I knew she waved at me, and I was like, "Dag, man, you're not as nice a person as I thought you were." And, you know, I, I like to do the little playful twice a week flirty thing but well you know now that I know what your real personality is like I I don't know and I was about to turn around and walk away and then I got her then I turned back around and looked at her again and I went she's fucking hot and I walked over and flirted with her. What do you think? I'm an idiot. <laughs> I don't care what a personality's like. It's not like I'm dating her or something. If she was a person I was going to actually have a relationship with, of course, the most important thing is the kind of human being she is. And since I'm never going to get it on with her and I'm never going to date with her, I'm just going to take my free flirts with the hot 20 something who thinks I'm cute. Does that make me shallow? I don't care. Shut up, punks. If a hot woman was flirting with you all the time, even though you knew you weren't going to be able to do with her, anything with her, would you take the flirting? That's all. I can get and I'm gonna take it shut your mouths punks don't judge me you bastards I'm taking my free flirts how dare you (laughs) so that's the uh, that's the thing that happened to me most recently free flirts and I took them and the next time I go to that store I'm taking more of them yeah, that's right. Segment over. Well, folks, this has been this episode of the S. Anthony Says podcast, episode number 248. I want to thank you guys very, very much for everything that you do. I want to thank you guys for coming back. Uh, I really do hope you had a wonderful holiday, even though I did say happy holidays to you after Christmas. But I'm hoping that you, you had a happy new year. Hope you Hope you got drunk. And we're around people that wouldn't do weird crap to you when you were drunk. You know, hoping when you woke up this morning, you didn't have like a penis drawn on your forehead. Uh, or worse, have some dude actually have his penis on your forehead because you slept in an awkward position. I hope you woke up where you're supposed to wake up. I hope you didn't find your car covered in vomit because you made the mistake of parking outside of a popular sports bar. I hope everything worked out for you, and I hope that you have a, had a wonderful a holiday, and I hope the best for you for 2017 and going forward. Folks, I just want to say, uh, you want to contact yours truly, the email address for this show is talktousanthony at gmail.com. The social media for me personally is at S. Anthony Thomas on Twitter. The Twitter for this show is at S. Anthony Says. Uh, I'm also, of course, on Instagram, surprisingly enough, S. Anthony Thomas. Um, you can hear this show on TuneIn Radio, Stitcher Radio, 
iTunes, Google Play Store, iHeartRadio, and the home base is santhonysays.podbean.com. And uh, I just want to say thanks, man. I mean, you guys have been really, really cool to me over this time. This is the beginning of a new season of the S. Anthony Says Podcast because my new seasons start on January 1st. Granted, I don't take any hiatus, nor do I take any breaks off. But, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> all right. So much love to you all. And I want to say um, it doesn't really matter to me where you listen to me. It doesn't matter if you're listening to me when you're on a, on a riding mower, where you're walking down the streets on a treadmill. Thank you very much for allowing me into your earbuds, into your heads, into your hearts. Thank you for everything. Much love to you all. And I'm going to say goodbye to you the way I say goodbye every time. And I want you to say it with me because you know how I do it on the count of three. One, two, three. S. Anthony. Out. Go. Well, hello, hello. How are you doing? How are you doing? This is the S. Anthony Says Podcast. This is the S. Anthony Thomas, and this is episode number three, one, three, number three, thirteen. And I want to thank you guys very, very much for stopping back here and for the past four plus years you've been listening to my punk behind. Thank you very, very much for everything, Bastard Army. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, I want to thank you guys for all the downloads for, la for the last episode and also for the new people that uh, helped me out by uh, subscribing to the YouTube channel. The S. Anthony says YouTube channel. Thank you very much. I really, really appreciated it. And uh, I just want to let you know right now for a limited time, there will be tons and tons of nudity. <laughs> That's not going to happen. <laughs> um, it's something I want to talk to you guys about. You know, this is a. Was something interesting that I saw at the supermarket that brought up something that happened to me in, in an interesting way. It brought back some memories. Um, I was never struck as a child. There was no corporal punishment. I didn't get hit at all, you know. Um, but, you know, the next generation up, the parents, of course, they got their behinds whooped. And, of course, the grandparents got their behinds whooped. But because I didn't get whooped, I realized that one generation above me, the parents, they got whooped. And the grandparents were the whoopers. So I'm actually two generations away from buttocks whoopings. And it's interesting because, you know, if you have parents over the age of 68 and over and they had relatives from down south, they all have stories about uh, I got whooped with this and whooped with that and this got whooping and a whoop, 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 whoop. And she picked up this and he picked up that and a whoop, whoop, whoop. And then the parents, the ones that got whooped, are like, damn it, I am not whooping my kids. No, no, no. And as the kid of that generation, I want to say thank you. But the one time I actually did get popped was my grandma. My grandfather didn't do it, but my grandma did. Now, did I deserve to be disciplined for what? I don't remember what exactly what it was, but I said something that was way out of line while standing back behind my mom, my grandma's left hand. And I remember her. First of all, she was very, very accurate. She hadn't whooped a child in a while, but apparently she kept her accuracy. Maybe she had a dummy where she pimp slapped the dummy to keep her accuracy going. You know, maybe she, OK, hold the child, hold the fake dummy child up. And I'm going to look away. And then she swings back because she got me right in the mouth. I was like, big, 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 big get whatever I said and she didn't even turn around she just well she half turned she just turned her head a little bit and pow, back smack right on the mouth and as someone had never been hit before uh at least not I mean not by a parent I was surprised I'm sitting there going 
did she just pop me in the mouth like that? I didn't even, I didn't even felt the pain that I was just completely surprised that that hand came back and bow right in the mouth. And then the mouth started to hurt. And I realized, you know, when you say smart alecky stuff to someone who you've already heard has whipped their own kids butts, maybe you shouldn't do that. It wasn't like I didn't know she whooped people's buttockses. It wasn't like my my mom and my uncles didn't talk about the fact that they got whoopings. I knew about it. But still, I had to go and poke the tiny bear because my grandma was tiny. To poke the tiny bear. I probably shouldn't say bear. <laughs> right? Because she was a pretty little short person. Okay? But I thought about it. when, As I'm sitting there with my mouth hurting, I realized not only did I have the stories of the whoopings that my the generation above me has gotten and gotten from her. I had actually seen it close up where I almost got whooping. I could have got a whooping. My, my, my cousin could have got a whooping. You see, as young children, we were trying to be slick. We noticed how close the word ask and the word ass were. And one time, one of us, I forgot which one it was, me or my cousin, we mispronounced ask and said ass. And having already been, you know, heard the stories, I was waiting or he was waiting. I can't remember which one it was. So let's just say it was me was waiting for the whooping. But nothing happened. Yeah, it was me. I said, I said, ass instead of ask. And my cousin looks at me like, oh, you going to get it now. She already popped you in the mouth. But she didn't say anything. She just assumed it was a child mispronouncing the word ask. So I avoided the whooping that would have come. I was a smarter child or as an older child, I would have realized, yo, dude, you already got popped in the mouth, but it wasn't that big of a pop. So, you know, the, you know what could happen. You almost got it again, but she just assumed the best. Maybe you should just leave it alone and just don't even use the word ask again for a while. But no, my cousin sees an opportunity. Grandma's in the kitchen cooking something. And we're sitting on chairs on the opposite side of the door to the to the dining room, which is right next to the kitchen. And he yells to me, hey, man, why don't you ask grandma about that? And then he pauses and waits. And we didn't hear the footsteps coming back. Oh, he said it. Maybe she thinks he made a mistake, too. And being dumb, I go, yeah, I think I will ask her. <laughs> and she doesn't say anything. She doesn't come. And then we, this is where kids are dumb. Instead of just, okay, we got away with it the first time, which wasn't a mistake. This time we're going to get with, away with it on purpose. We kept finding excuses to say the word ask, but pronounce it ass. And we kept doing it. And she kept not doing anything. And we kept getting louder with it. And we thought we were slick. And then one of us said it one more, one time too many. And we heard. She's coming towards us and she seems to have grabbed something. She did grab something. She walks into the room. She stands between us. She's not looking at us, but she's looking down and she's not happy. And we look in her hand and she's got our belts and she doesn't wear belts. She must have that belt someplace else. It doesn't matter where the belt came from. It's a belt. And we have buttockses that don't like being hit with belts. And she looked at my cousin and then she looked over at me and she looked over at my cousin and she looked over at me and she looked over at my cousin and she looked over at me and she held the belt up right where her chest was. Us and she says, do either one of you want to ask me something? It was quiet. The jig was up. 
And I said, no, grandma, I don't have anything to ask you. And my cousin goes, no, I'm not going to ask you anything. And for the next five years of our lives, we held on to the K and ask the same way you would hold on to the window of somebody was trying to throw you out of the window. We wrapped our hands around the K and ask and hung on to that crap. A couple of times I held on to the K in a word that had nothing to do with ask. OK, I just I just said whatever it is, hold on to all K's. Is that a kitten? That didn't even make any sense because that K was in the front of the word. But I didn't want to get popped in the mouth. And I saw the size of that belt. Two generations away from buttocks whoopings. Now, what I what I saw, what I, what I was talking about with this is I saw a parent uh, watch their parent whoop their kid. And don't do that, mom. Shut up, this kid needs to learn. You learned, didn't you? That kind of thing. And I started wondering why, if you're a parent that has a kid that you think could benefit from getting a spanking, but you don't want to spank because you were spanked, or maybe you like me two generations away from spanking, but there's a party that's going, I'm really mad at this kid. Maybe the kid needs a spanking, but you don't want to do it. You don't want to do it. I would never do it, but I'm pretty sure there's some people out there who, like me, would never actually strike the kid, but unlike me, would facilitate the kid actually getting struck by the other by the parents, maybe the grandparents. You know what I'm talking about. People set people up all the time, damn it. You know, it's an old cliche joke where you have something that's broken, but you fix it and you fix it enough so the next person can break it. That's a standard joke. It's been on television. A lot of stand-up comedians use that joke. And I don't, you know, and it's, an, it's a cute joke, but let's be honest with you. It's a cliche at this point, but you know what? It's the truth. Everybody has done that. Everybody has done that. You've done it before. You've broken the television and then walked out of the room and waited for your husband and wife to, or wife to go in there and turn the knob and go, hey, the television's broken. And then you walk in, is it now? Even though you know damn well you're the one that was holding on to the knob, you tripped and fell and bent it, but you bent it back and put the knob back on there and waited for them behind to go in and turn on the television so you could act like it had nothing to do with it. You know you did it. Don't lie to me, you bastards. Come on now, you mean to tell me you've never done the thing where you know daggone well you and your spouse get into fights about who eats the last piece of pizza, who eats the last piece of cake, who gets the last of this or the last of that, and you knew daggone well she was supposed to get the last piece of pie or the last piece of cake, but she's been dawdling about getting it, and you're thinking, hey, if you wanted the last piece of pie or the last piece of cake, you should have got it already. It's been three days. It's been three days, and you haven't even touched the last piece of pie or the last piece of cake, and I want that cake, and you won't let me have that cake or that pie. Why not? And you're thinking that she doesn't realize maybe she forgot about it. So you go in there, you eat the cake or the pie or whatever the hell it is. And then three or four more days go by and then she goes back in there and goes, wait, what happened to that cake or that pie? And you look at it like you don't and you don't say it, but you're thinking you don't know. You really don't know. So maybe you really did forget about that cake or that pie. Maybe since you don't know who ate the cake of the pie, maybe I should not only let you think you ate the cake of the pie, maybe I should tell you that you in fact did eat that cake of the pie so I can get out of it, so I can have enjoyed the cake of the pie and then have the joy of not having to hear you give me a lot of crap about the cake of the pie. So what do you say? I think you ate that. Did I eat it? I, you know what? Maybe I did. Oh, I should have. Oh, my goodness. I can't believe I ate. I really got to watch my dad. I can't believe I ate cake and don't even remember it. Yeah, you did eat cake and not remember it. I know one thing. I definitely didn't eat the cake hoping you'd forget about it. <laughs> You've been there, you bastards, and you know it. 
The only problem with that scam is if you I tend to date really smart women and there's a problem with dating really smart women. First of all, they're they're awesome. But the bad part about it is every time you do something stupid, or you try to be slick. They will catch your punk ass. It's like when women that date me, I'm smart. I notice everything and they try to do some slick crap and I catch them. We're constantly looking at each other, trying to see whether or not the other person is trying to do something slick. And every time the other person does something slick, we catch the other person. Yes, we do. Damn it. I made a mistake one time. It was one last piece of pie in the refrigerator. And just like in the scenario I just told you about, she forgot about the pie and I ate that damn thing. Except for in this, that scenario, that person, the hypothetical person waited three days. I didn't wait no three days. I waited three minutes after she left our house to go hang out with her friends. And I grabbed that thing. I'll put them there. I sucked that sucker down real quick. Yeah, I know she was supposed to get the cake of the pie, but she makes a good living. Tell her to bring some cake up high when she comes home. I'll call up a pizza place and order some cake. Too bad, punk. You didn't need it. You move, you lose. And I forgot that I ate that piece of pie or that piece of cake. I forgot about it. She forgot about it, and I forgot about it. But I did remember it when she went in looking for it, and it wasn't there. And just like the guy in the scenario, I sat back going, oh, maybe she doesn't remember. And if she doesn't remember, then she doesn't know that maybe she did do it. And I'm going to act like she did do it. And I said, hey, I think you did it. And then she goes, no, I didn't do it. I purposely left that cake in there to see whether or not you greedy ass would eat the cake. And you're going to sit there and try to make me feel guilty about that. And I made a mistake. She was too smart. Oh, no. I said, damn it, I can't have her hanging this over me. I'm going to get her. I got some more of that cake and some more of that pie. And I put it in the refrigerator and I left that there. And I made it a point to leave one piece left. And I was waiting for her to eat that pie, eat that cake. I was waiting for her to do it so I can then go, oh, so you're going to eat the last piece of cake, huh? I guess we're even. Well, guess what, damn it. Guess what? She didn't eat it. That crap stayed in there until it turned green, purple, and black. I had to throw that crap away, and I'm really pissed off now because, damn it, I should have just ate the damn pie in the first place, but now I spent money on some pie and some cake that I didn't even get to eat, and I didn't even get to set my girlfriend at the time up. Damn it. I'm sorry, I just had to talk about that. I'm still mad about that. It was a long time ago, but that was some good ass cake and that place doesn't exist anymore. And I'll never get that cake again. Someone left it out in the rain. Ha ha. Reference to an old song. Back to the story. <laughs> so, like I said, I'm I'm a couple of generations away from butt whoopings. And I think that parents probably do set their children up. I'm telling you it's happened. I'm telling you what's happened. You may even know that it's happened. I wonder how it would go. It would be a. You know, you have a kid and you know that kid deserves an ass whooping in your mind, but you don't want to do it because you're generations away from butt whoopings. But, you know, your you know, your papa, your grandpa has no problem whooping a kid's butt. But you've already told them, you know, grandpa, we don't whoop kids. All right, it's your boy. I'm going to whoop the boy's butt. But, you, you know, I whooped your father's butt. And I mean, you know, in a couple of times I whooped your butt and you turned out all right. You don't you want that boy to not know authority and not understand that he needs to shut up sometime and not understand that there's consequences to his action. I'm just telling you a little swat on the behind or a little ass whooping. And sometimes little kids, sometimes a boy needs his ass whooped. I'm just saying, but you the parent, you the parent, you grown ass man that's your boy i'm not gonna do anything but i'm just saying if he was my boy i bet there's sometimes he did his behind whoops and you stick to that you stick to that you go oh, you know I, I you know i love your grandpa or whatever but i mean i i can't let that happen i just can't let it happen 
And then one day the kid just goes too far. It doesn't matter what the kid did, but it go the kid goes too far. And you're figuring taking his Xbox and G box and Q box and XLM box out of his room is not enough because he's just gonna look up some games on his phone. So you take away his phone, but he still got a smart TV. You take away a smart TV, then you realize, oh man, I didn't want a TV because of all the wires that that thing has in the back and setting up the Xbox and the Q box and the Y box and the smart TV is going to take another damn hour because it took me two hours to hook it up in the first place and I taped it all together. It's too much trouble. I don't want to take all that crap away from him. I just want to, he just needs to get his behind spanked. That way I don't have to take, I'm, yeah, I know it's a weird thing to get, you want to whip your kids behind just so you don't have to take his TV out of the room because you don't want to mess up the cables. I know that's a bad motivation, but this kid needs his butt whooped but I'm not going to whoop his butt because I don't believe in Wade a second. It's time to visit Grandpa. <laughs> Come on, boy. Where are we going? Oh, my little friend, you're going to be a teenager next year. Uh, you know what's great is we're going to have a nice man weekend where we hang out with Grandpa. Okay, that's going to be great. Oh, fantastic. I thought you were mad because I did something really outrageous and something that under normal circumstances you would punish me for, but in the beginning, I want to go on a vacation. That's really weird. Yeah, I'm definitely not setting you up. <laughs> what did you say? Nothing. <laughs> and then you get the boy in the car and you're sitting in the car and you're listening to the music and the kid's sitting there thinking he got away with it and you're looking at the kid like you don't even know what's about to happen happen punk i'm setting your punk ass up punk and the kids hey daddy <laughs> you're gonna get it punk you pull up to the grandfather's house your grandfather comes out starts sticking his hand in his pocket to get some change out of a couple of bucks out for the boy the boy's all happy because he thinks he's gonna get like five ten bucks from grandpa and then you go wait a second pops what don't give him any money. Why is that? You know, I'm his grandfather. I got to give the boy money. He shows up. He's a good kid. Well, he's normally a good kid, but this time he and then you mention the bad thing the kid does and the kid looks up at you like, what the hell are you doing? You couldn't have told him after I got the money. That's what the kid's face is saying. But then you're looking down at the kid. And now the kid knows, oh, no, he set me up and you're going, <laughs> exactly, punk. You don't say the words. Your faces say it to each other. Your eyes say it to each other. The kid knows it's over for him and you know it's over for the kid and the grandpa doesn't even realize he's being set up. Why don't you go into the house and I'm going to tell grandfather that you. Then he mentions what the kid does and the grandfather goes, what? He did what? Ooh, boy, if you were, ooh, if I wasn't your grandfather, I said, nah, listen, uh, grand, uh, listen, you know, I, I know that a lot of times I told you about how spanking kids is wrong and i'll be honest with you i agree i'm telling you spanking kids is wrong but i agree that sometimes maybe a little spanking is not that hard oh you're coming around to my way of thinking well you know i don't i don't know about necessarily coming around your way of thinking i'm just saying that the the thing that he did my son did is the kind of thing what if you were his parent you definitely would give him a good old-fashioned country uh spanking i know that for a fact you know yes you got that right but you told me not to i'm just saying it's not i mean i, I didn't necessarily say that you shouldn't do it i remember my exact words were that I wouldn't do it. I never actually said that. I didn't say anything about you modifying your behavior. So what are you trying to say? You want me to? I'm not saying anything. I'm not saying anything, Pop Pop. You know what I'm saying? I would never, dis you know, I would never try. To Look, all I'm saying is I was, I'm just a little distracted right now because I was in the car with my son and he was saying something about you being really, really old and weak and how you're probably too much of a pitiful old man to really give a good butt whipping. He said what? I mean, I, I probably should not have told you that. You know, because I mean, I, you know, I shouldn't betray the kid's confidence. I shouldn't betray the kid's confidence, you know, the, because that's he's my son. I should keep what he says to me 
you know, between us. You know, I'm sorry about that, Pop Pop. I shouldn't have let you know that he said that. Um, you know what I'm going to do right now? Oh, excuse me. Could you hold this belt? I had this extra belt in the car for, for no particular reason. Uh, I'm going to go to the store for about, uh, I don't know, an hour or so. You know, so you have complete charge of my son, which means whatever you say goes. The moment I pull out of the driveway, temporarily you have complete charge of my son and whatever you say goes any instructions that i've previously given you about how to care for my son no longer apply at all okay so you can go in the house and and just have some quality time with my son who says you're a feeble old man who probably can't give a good spanking anymore i'm just telling you right now just go right in there and hang out with my son i will be at the store which is so far away that there'll be plausible deniability when you whip his behind and I can come back and then go I can't believe he did that and then I'm gonna put I could put him in the car act like I'm going back in to yell at you for whooping his butt and then get back in the car with you know and then uh, he'll be sitting there and I'll, I'll be well, I can't believe he did that even though the whole time I will have set up his ass whooping <laughs> I'm gonna leave now you don't act like you parents don't do that. You know, you do that. How many times have women said, wait till your father gets home because she really wants to smack the crap out of that kid on the swat, that kid on the bottom. But she wants to be mom. She wants to be the one that soothes, even though she's the one that wants to kick your butt worse than your dad wants to kick your butt. And the dad comes to the house and she's like, your son's upstairs. And he blop, de blop, de blop. And he goes, he did what? And then she just hands you the belt and points upstairs and you go up and spank the kid. If you're a spanker, right? And come on, ladies, I know what you're thinking. What do you mean he comes home? What if I'm the disciplinarian? I was about to get to that. I've seen that too. I've seen my friends in school mouth off to the teacher and I saw the teacher go, oh, by the way, maybe you didn't know your mother was already here for a conference and she's in the bathroom and I'm going to tell her what you did while she was in the bathroom. And the mother walks in and all the kids turn their heads to the right to see the mother and they go, ooh, and the mother looks confused. What's with the ooh? And then the teacher looks at the kid. And the kid looks at the mom. The mom looks at the kid and the mom goes, what did you do? And then the teacher and the mom go off to the corner and the teacher starts talking into the to the mother's ear and the mother starts to turn her head and she getting angrier in the face and she goes into her purse and pulls out a belt because she was a, she was just going to be prepared for the fact that maybe you did something and then she tells you to come. I want to talk to you, boy. And then you walk too slow and she grabs you by the ear and walks you out to the hallway you know and then she closes the door behind and then you're out there she pulls your pounce down and starts whooping your butt and you're hoping nobody sees it because the window to the class had some artwork in it but when you turn back around to look at the windows of it, all the artwork has been peeled up and behind every piece of peeled up artwork is the laughing eyes of your friend who now have seen your buttocks and they've also seen it being smacked with a belt and they've seen you cry and they're never going to let it, let it, let it, let it, let it, let it down. Oh, no, they're going to laugh at you. They're going to call you red butts. If you're a white kid and if you're a black kid, they're just going to call you. I don't know what they would call you because, OK, they probably call you bruise butt or whatever the appropriate name is. I never got hit, so I never got that nickname. You know what I'm talking about. So I'll be glad. I'll tell you right now, I'm glad I'm two generations away from buttocks whippings. I'm glad I never got to whip it. I only got that one pop in the mouth from my grandma 
And at one time she walked out with the belt and I thought we were going to get a primetime buttocks whooping, but it never happened. But I was thinking about that when I saw that kid get his behind whooped by the grandparents. And now as I think about it even more, I realized that when the mother was protesting about the buttocks whooping that the kid was getting, when I put her back in my mind's eye and I remember more clearly what she actually looked like, I realize as I think about it, when she was saying don't whoop the kid, she wasn't really that convincing when she said it. No, she wasn't. And now when I think about it, I think I saw a little smirk on her face as she put her hands on her mouth. Oh, I think. Oh, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm thinking? I'm thinking she might have set that punk kid up. She might have walked him through the cereal aisle knowing damn well every time he goes into the cereal aisle, he wants a box of a specific cereal that she's never going to get for him. And she says, Grandma, why don't you take him in there to get some cereal? And the kid flips out and her mom walks two aisles over and the grandparent wants to whoop that kid's butt so bad for flipping. Flipping out, then they go outside and the grandparent can't hold it anymore. The kid's still flipping out. She whips the kid's butt and the mom's standing there laughing like, good, I couldn't whip him because I'm away from the whooping generation. But it's great to set that punk ass kid up to get his butt whooped by someone who's from the whooping generation. Yeah, I said it. So parents, I know nowadays you can't whoop your kids. You know, you probably don't even want to whoop your kids. Maybe if you're a younger parent, you wouldn't have to never had a whooping in the first place. And that's a good thing. I don't, I don't, I'm not a really big fan of hitting kids. I, I, I've never done it. I only popped my nephew's hands at one time when they were trying to stick pins into electric socket. And it was really more of me moving their hands away quickly than actually punishing them by hitting them. But I'll be honest with you. If there was a way I could have froze in time, got in my car, drove over to my grandma's house, brought her back and stood her over those two boys and then snapped my fingers and all of a sudden she was aware of what was going on and then she pulled that belt out of her purse, grabbed them by the butts and whooped their butts right in front of me. I would have, I would have said, Grandma, what are you doing? And then she would have said, you want to pop you in the mouth like I did 30 something years ago? And I would have said, nah, F those kids up. <laughs> I would not have said F those kids up because if I said F, even though I would have not just said the letter F, she, she probably would have whooped my ass too and better them than me. <laughs> You're a punk. Don't judge me. <clears throat> segment over. Okay, folks, let's talk about something a little different in this last segment here. You know what? Uh... One of those old proverbs says, if the enemy outside can't get to you, the, you know, if you can handle the enemy inside, the enemy outside can do no harm. By the way, when that proverb was put together, the person who wrote it actually put that part when, where I stumbled upon saying it. That's actually part of the proverb. You're not supposed to say it right the first time. All the people that are saying it right and saying it smoothly without fumfering, they messed it up. It's not me. It's them. <laughs> F y'all. Like they said, if you can conquer what's inside of you, the inner, the evil outside can do you no harm. And under normal circumstances, that is true. Usually the evil inside can do you no harm if you can conquer yourself. And that's true about most things. But on some things, the evil inside of you doesn't do anything but harm you because the evil inside of you is a piece of crap. Yeah, everybody knows that follows me on social media and listens to this podcast knows that I recently lost 16 or so pounds. It's probably more than that now because I haven't weighed myself again and I know I lost more, but we'll just stick with the 16, okay? 
And I was really happy with what happened because I was already working out, but I just changed my diet a little bit, made some tweaks and some of the weight just dropped off. Right. But then there was a bit of a plateau and I could tell there was a bit of a plateau. Right. When you work out and there's a plateau with your weightlifting, you're not gaining any more muscle. The only thing you got to do is put a couple of more weight plates on, maybe change up the exercise a little bit. And all of a sudden the body goes, OK, not a problem. And starts packing on a little more muscle and packing on some more strength and packing on some endurance. Oh, yeah, because the muscle is your friend and it loves to help you out. It loves to make you look good for the ladies. It loves to help you pick up stuff when stuff's heavy. It loves to feel nice and rocked up when somebody tells touches your arm because muscle is your friend yay but that's not the only thing in there is it it's the body fat isn't it right when you plateau when you're losing body fat it's not so easy to get things going again is it now why is that Because muscle is your friend and the body fat's a bunch of bastards. Yeah, I said it. You lose weight. You got to shrink the fat cells. And what you got to do, you got to start eating better. Right? But the fat cells don't like that. The fat cells in your body don't like it when you eat salads. They don't like it when you eat lean meats. They don't like it when you bake instead of fry. They don't like that crap at all. And they let you know. You ever been sitting there eating a salad and realizing you're feeling really good, right? And then somebody else at the table or somebody at another table is eating some Kentucky fried something and double deep fried cheese fried double cheese freeze freeze double quadruple cheese sauce with sauce and double cheese and quadruple cheese is sitting right next to you. And you want to walk over to that table and slap the crap out of them and take that thing from them and eat it right in front of them and look at them and go, yeah, that's right. You shouldn't have been eating it in front of me, punk. That's not normally your personality. Why do you want to go over there and harm that guy that's eating the double fudge, quadruple fudge, chocolate chip, fudge, chip, chip, fudge, fudge, chip, sauce, chip, sauce, fudge, ice cream, double ice. Why do you want to slap the crap out of him? It's not you. The muscle inside of you is going, we don't need that. You know, if you do really good, you can have some of that next month. The muscle in your body is like that friend that gives you good advice. Yay. But the body fat in your body is like that guy that hangs out with your crew. He's the guy that hangs out with the crew. When you see something, you see a group of friends in a movie, you know, when you realize that the friends are going to be okay, but there's always that one friend that they got to bail out of jail. That one friend that gets him beaten up because they're trying to save his ass. That one friend that, you know, if you become successful around him, you better get away from him quick because he's going to do something to mess it up. That's what the body fat is. It's that friend that you got to get away from or that relative that you got to get away from or that hanger on that you got to get away from but you can't get away from the bastards because the bastards in you you lose 15 pounds like i did a 16 pounds plus the guy did right and you you during the time when you were losing that weight and you didn't even realize you lost the weight you didn't really have any cravings for junk food. You, you you actually get the point now where it's been a couple a month and a half or so and you're starting to actually enjoy the fruits and vegetables. Yay. But then the doctor tells you, you've been doing great and you lost this weight. Keep it going. Keep it going. And I'm telling you right now, she, she I wish she didn't say that. I wish she wrote it down because I don't think body fat can read, but apparently body fat can hear. 
Soon as she said that crap, when I walked in, I was already thinking I'm going to go get myself a salad and I'm going to get myself a nice big thing of water and I'm going to go to the gym with my brother. And then soon as she said that crap, all of us like F my brother, F the gym. I want a big piece of pizza with ice cream on it and lard rolled in it. That's what I was thinking. But was it me thinking that? No, it was the body fat. Why? Because body fat's a bunch of bastards. Oh, body fats. You don't think body fat's a piece of crap? Bunch of bastards trying to set you up and ruin your life? Huh? Any of you ever been called morbidly obese? Anybody ever call you morbidly fit? No. Anybody ever called you morbidly muscular? Hell no. Ever have a woman say, yo, you're in too good a shape and too healthy and vibrant for me to get it on with you? Hell no. But I've had girlfriends back in, well, not girlfriends, but women back in the day when I was a little heavier going, you got a cute face. If you lose some weight, you'd be something. If you lose weight, you'd be something and i heard some giggling around my stomach area and i knew the fat cells were going hey we don't even have genitals we can't have sex you can't have sex bastards i hate stomach fat i hate it bastards i'm telling you right now right you ever watch one of those commercials where it's like, oh, take this fat burner and it'll just make the fat melt away and make the fat melt away, right? You weren't hungry. You just ate when that commercial came on. There's not really that much food in the commercial. It's just a quick commercial where they show somebody who was fat, who allegedly took those pills, lost weight and got in good shape. And what happens? All of a sudden, while you're looking at the commercial, you were on the phone with your friend. Your friend said, I'll call you right back. You didn't put the phone down. Why put the phone down? Because with the phone in your ear, you don't even realize you just ordered a pizza from a pizza place and you also ordered a dessert. Oh. And you ordered it on your PayPal, so it already got paid for, so it's coming anyway. You can't cancel it now. It took too long. Who did that? Was it you that did it? Hell no. It was the body fat. Why did the body fat do that? Because body fats are bastards. All of them, those fat cells are bastards. And it's not just food. I'm telling you, body fat tries to destroy your life in many ways, in many ways. If you've ever been a fat bastard like I was and still kind of am, but won't be soon. You know what it's like when you Well, I, I have a car, but, I, but there was a point when I was a fat bastard riding a bus. And oh, there's nothing worse than riding a bus in a town with potholes when you got stuff on your body that shakes when it hits potholes. Oh, I'm pretty sure the women on the bus aren't going, hey, that guy over there whose tits are jiggling just like mine. I got to get me some of that. Ain't none of them thinking that. Damn it. Your belly's shaking every time you hit a pothole and you're trying to put your damn book in front of it. Ain't nobody fooled. They weren't fooled when you were a kid and you had a boner the size of this freaking Eiffel Tower and you tried to put a book in front of it because your teacher looked like a damn spokes model and kept hugging you and bending over in front of you. She's just picking up stuff, but all you're doing is looking. Okay, you know what the point is. You get, get what I'm saying. Riding a bus, your stomach shaking, looking like your stomach's twerking, damn it. And you start to tighten your stomach muscles. Every time the bump, you tighten your stomach muscles up. And hey, your stomach's not jiggling. You don't look like you're as much of a fat bastard as you actually are because you get to crush your stomach up and keep it from jiggling. And finally, a lady on the bus comes on who didn't see you jiggling around like a piece of jello. And she sees you and she sees your face and thinks you're cute. She walks over to talk to you. She can see you a little bit of a fat bastard, but it doesn't matter. Women like to fix stuff, right? And you're the stuff they like to fix. You know what I'm talking about, damn it. And she starts talking to you and you're holding your 
your stomach in and you're holding your stomach in and you're holding the stomach in and you're holding the stomach in and all of a sudden you hit a big, big strip of clean, smooth road. Oh, this is great. There's no, there's no potholes. And since there's no potholes, you get a little lazy and you stop sucking in your stomach. But she's looking at your face. She's looking at your face right now, telling you how she likes your dimples and how cute you are. She just touched your face. Oh, my goodness. When a woman tells you that you're cute and that you got cute dimples and that she touches your face, you know, the next thing she's going to hand you is her phone number. Oh, yeah. Oh, this is going to be good. And yes, don't pay attention and you don't tighten up your stomach. And the next thing you know, there's a whole bunch of more potholes and those potholes hit and you're not tightening up your stomach and you look like your stomach is twerking and she looks down and sees that but she's already kind of liked you but she sees that and she's imagining that bouncing on top of her and there's a part of her that's going uh, 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 and you realize you had a hand in a purse to reach for her phone number she was going to hand you her, 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 her a card with a number on it and maybe she was going to grab a pen and write it down and then all of a sudden you start noticing the conversation goes from flirty to more technical Right. She's a nice person. She just says, you know what I like to do a lot? What's that? I like to work out a lot. Oh, no. Now she's talking about working out. She's basically letting you know, you fat bastard. I didn't realize you were such a fat bastard till you let your stomach loose. And it looks like your stomach was twerking, you fat piece of crap. <sighs> right. You see in her hand, she's got a, a blank card and a pen. And you look away for a second, and then all of a sudden, the blank card and the pen are back in a person. Now, her hands back in a person, and another card comes out, and then she hands you the card and offers you her personal training sessions. It was going to be her phone number, but it's what personal training sessions. Oh. Now, in this particular case, the jokes on the fat cells, the fat cell says, hey, he's about to get laid, jiggle as hard as possible and ruin it for him. But what the fat cells didn't realize, ha ha ha, it backfired on him. She actually gave you the card because she's a personal trainer. But then again, maybe it didn't backfire because, you know, damn well, you're not going to go to the personal training thing, because if you go to the personal training thing, there's no way in the world she's going to think of you as anything but somebody she's personally training and not somebody she wants to date. So the fat cells win. Freaking fat cells. So I know what that's like, right? Body fats are bastards. Damn it. I can see the muscle coming in and the muscles happy. But the body fat just doesn't want to go. The body fat is like a damn tenant that won't leave. Right. It's almost like the body fat is now picking a fight with the but the muscle that's coming in because the body fat. Because if you go to a Thanksgiving dinner and you eat a Thanksgiving dinner, what happens? You gain three, four, five pounds of fat on your ass. Right. But in that same one day, you can't work out one day and gain five pounds of muscle. No, you can't. So the muscle is actually outnumbered by the fat. Oh, no. That's probably why muscle comes in so slowly. It's scared. Hey, let's go in this guy's body and make him healthy. Whoa, what is that? What is that yellow crap? Body fat, bitch. This is our house. We run this. Right? You're not welcome here. We've heard stories. We've heard stories about the fact that you muscle burn fat. Do you now? You eat us for energy? Oh, really? We'll see if you can eat up all of this. Oh, my God. 
Exactly. I'm not going to stay on his body. No, you're not. You're going to get out of here, punk, because we run this. Hey, muscle. Yeah, let's get the hell out of here. What's going on? It's too much fat. Oh, shit. <laughs> He's going to be fat forever. Well, let me tell you something. This is S. Anthony speaking, and I'm looking at my getting my rapidly flattening stomach. How's it feel to realize you're losing? Hmm? Huh? Do you realize what I just did a little while ago? Huh? I actually jumped over a park bench. Actually, to be honest with you, it wasn't like I jumped over the park bench because that was my intention. I was I was actually walking across the street. I tripped on the curb and I was falling toward the park bench and was about to crack my head on and I figured well since I'm going to fall on it anyway I might as well try to leap over it and what did I do bam jumped right over the damn thing yeah it wasn't a clean landing but I did land and I didn't fall down I couldn't have done that before why because it was too much of you body fat I couldn't have jumped that high why because there wasn't enough muscle but the muscles coming in this is my message to you, body fat. This is the one and only S. Anthony Thomas talking, punk. Excuse me. Let me squeeze the the the, 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 the fat that's still on my stomach. You're leaving. You're getting out. You ain't wanted here, punk. You're on your way out. <laughs> Don't you realize that right now women are starting to hit on me like they used to? Even with you there. Because they've seen me. Over the past couple of months, rapidly shrinking and getting toned up again. Fat. You're going to lose fat. I'm going to win. Hey, muscle. It's you and me versus these bastards. And this time it's over for them. So fat. Excuse my language, everybody. I'm going to curse here. Fat. Fuck you. And get out. You're damn right. Now I'm going to high five the muscle. You damn right. Ha <laughs> ha. Segment over. All right, folks, this has been episode number 313 of the S. Anthony Says podcast. And once again, I want to thank you guys for everything. You've been very, very kind to me. Thank you for the kind words. Thank you for the email. Thank you for the reblogs, the shares. Uh, thanks for spreading the word. Thank you for subscribing to the uh, YouTube page. I really, really do appreciate that. Uh, this podcast is every damn where. Uh, doesn't really matter what you're listening to podcasts on. I'm on that crap. Uh, Stitcher Radio. I'm on Stitcher. Tune in Radio. Spreaker. Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Google Play, and the home base is Podbean. Um, on social media, I'm of course on Twitter in two places. There's one Twitter for me specifically, and it is at S. Anthony Thomas. The Twitter for this podcast is at S. Anthony Says. I am on Instagram, S. Anthony Thomas. Um, I'm on Facebook. If you go to Facebook, uh, I have a page there. All you got to do is go up into the search box and type in S. Anthony Says, and you will find my page. It is a verified page. It has a blue check on it, so you know that it is actually me. And I would appreciate it, you bastards, if you would go to that channel, go to that page on Facebook and like it and follow me on social media, on uh, Twitter, uh, Facebook and Instagram. I would really appreciate that. For those of you that want to send questions, comments and uh, declarations of love, please feel free to do so at the only email I have, which is talk to us, Anthony at Gmail dot com. T-A-L-K-T-O. S A N T H O N Y at G M A I L dot C O M. 
Talk to us, Anthony, at gmail.com. Folks, you cool bastards. Um, I appreciate you. You know, it's been four plus years and in uh, October, it'll be five years I've been doing this. And uh, surprisingly enough, most of you bastards well, a lot of you bastards have been here for virtually the whole time. And it's obviously there's new people coming on all the time. So I want to thank you guys very, very much. No matter where you are, my best, my bastard army in Canada, my bastard army here in the United States, my bastard army in Australia, my bastard army in the UK. Thank you very, very much. Oh, yeah. And of course, the people in China. I know we got to love some expats in China that are listening. Thank you very, very much. You bastards. Much love to you all. And now, my friends, I'm going to say goodbye to you the way I've been saying goodbye to you for years. So those of you that are longtime listeners, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And you're going to do it with me at the same time. We're going to do it on the count of three. Are you ready? Of course you are. On the count of three. One, two, three. S. Anthony. Out. Well, hello, hello. How are you doing? How are you doing? This is the S. Anthony Says Podcast. This is the S. Anthony Thomas. And we have reached episode number 298. 298. That's right. Episode number 300 is coming up very, very soon. You know, when it's one of those milestone episodes, every 100 episodes is a, is a milestone. And when I started doing this four years ago, it never even crossed my mind thinking about the number 300. And quite frankly, it never really, I never really thought about the number 100. When I started doing this, uh, because a lot of times you're just kind of in the process of doing these things and you don't really think about it that way. You know, I didn't really start paying attention to the fact that I was hitting episode number 100 until I started really approaching it. You know, episode number 95, 96, 97. Same thing with episode number 200. I mean, you know, you know, you're approaching the number, but you're not really paying attention. You're just doing your thing. And as I got close to number 200, it was like 197, number 98. And now I'm at 298 and I'm approaching episode number 300. Now, the reason I'm bringing this up, because obviously you can count, you can see this is episode number t- uh, 298 and you can count. So, you know, episode 300 is coming up. The reason I brought this up is because many times when you hit milestones, it kind of makes you reevaluate things and make decisions about whether things are things you want to continue to do, uh, whether it's something that you uh, you figure you've made your point and there's no reason to continue. You figure, and it doesn't, it's not just, uh, something like this. It's also in relationships. Every time you, you may not even realize you're doing it, but if you're in a relationship and it's not going really, really good, or you're having a tough time, or you had a bunch of fights, there's a small part of you in your mind that's going, do I want to be a husband? Do I want to be a wife? Do I want to do this anymore? I've never been married, but I've lived with a couple of women. And there's a part of me in the back of my mind when times weren't going good. Where I was thinking, do I want to be in this relationship? Do I, do I really want to be with this woman anymore? Is this someone I could wind up living with, uh, for a long period of time or forever? Or if somebody I can marry or somebody I want to raise children with. And there are times in your life where you're sitting there and you're looking at what's going on around you and you have to make a decision whether this is something you want to continue to do. And I've had to make that decision on very, very, a uh, few occasions, because most of the things that I'm doing that I do, I tend to do things that I want to do. Um, so I, I really don't have to make those decisions that often. But it came very, very recently where I had to start thinking about things like that. I started to think about things that I'm doing right now and deciding whether or not it's something I wanted to do, including this. 
Now, as I approach episode 300, I started to think, you know, 300 is a good number. You know, if I, if I do 300 of these things and I just let them stay in the universe, maybe, um, you know, put them on YouTube or put them, you know, put, you know, put, just upload a bunch of them to YouTube and then have all 300 episodes on YouTube and just let them sit there. At least I can point to it and say, yes, I did that. You know, it was, it was, it was fun. The people that listened to it liked it, but you know, that's enough. And that's what I was thinking. Now, I want to explain to you why I was thinking that it didn't just come out of nowhere. I wasn't just walking down the street or driving down the road and going, do I want to do this anymore? I was in the ER recently for 11 hours. Now, if it wasn't for that trip to the ER and the health scare that I had, there is absolutely no way I would even be thinking like that. But sometimes when things like that happen to you, you sit back and you look at all the things that are going around you. And you realize life is short in the grand scheme of things. And, you know, there are certain things you might not want to do anymore. Now, as it turns out, I'm going to be fine. I said health scare because it was a scare, but I'm going to be fine. But I was in the ER for 11 hours. And when you're sitting there not feeling well in an ER for 11 hours, you start to think about things. And you start to think about things you already thought about and you think about them differently. I'll explain what happened. I was asleep and I woke up. I think maybe something fell over or some noise outside woke me up and I popped up out of the bed. And I was really getting ready to do what most people would normally do at four o'clock in the morning when something that they didn't do wakes them up. I was prepared to take about a shovel, dip it into a big dirt pile of obscenities and hurl those obscenities into the ether and then go back to sleep, calling someone's mom a name in my head. <laughs> okay, but that's not what happened. What happened was I woke up and I felt really, really bad. I mean, really bad. And I stood up and I felt even worse. I was just feeling really, really weak. I was feeling really tired. I was feeling dizzy. And as I started to walk around, my heart started to beat very, very quickly. These are not things you want to have happen to you. Not a good idea to have these happen to you. These are not good feelings. I would not recommend these feelings to you. So the ambulance is called. And normally I wouldn't call an ambulance. I'm like, eh, I'll be all right. But this time I figured, dude, call the damn ambulance. Call the ambulance. They show up. And I'm in the back of the ambulance and they're going and the people that show up are doing ambulance things, asking for your insurance, asking you questions. How old are you? What do you weigh? And then I decided to tell them the truth because I was like, yeah, uh, 170. And I didn't really want to have, the, you know, I didn't want to feel bad and have people in the back of an ambulance look me up and down and start laughing because that would have made me feel even worse. <laughs> F y'all. So I give them all the information and they hook me up to the EKG machines and I'm literally concerned, you know, because the heart's beating pretty fast and it had slowed down at this point. And they're going through, you know, you know how it is when you have uh, people that are that are workers, that are first responders, they're very, very efficient, very, very professional. And they work at a hectic pace because they don't know whether this is a life or death situation. And they're moving and grooving and touching this and pulling that and asking this and dropping this and doing that and testing this and giving me the EKG. And after they go through their little test in the back of, of the uh, of the ambulance, I'm still a little frazzled because I don't know what's going on. But I started to notice a little bit of calm in them. 
And I don't understand, you know, when you're sitting there, you kind of figure out, are they calm because this isn't really, really urgent, but they're going to take me into the hospital anyway? Or is it one of those things like, oh, this, this bastard will be dead in about five seconds. I might as well check my email. As it turns out, five seconds later, I was still alive. And then the ambulance takes off. But he's not driving really, really quickly. I get dropped off at the hospital and I'm wheeled into the ER, still feeling like crap. And that's the beginning of the 11 hour odyssey of S. Anthony Thomas in the emergency room. I get into the emergency room and I look around and there's not that many people in the emergency room. Yay. I'm saying yay for two reasons. One, because if you're in the emergency room, it means something bad happened to you. And two, if there's no one in the emergency room, they'll get to my feeling bad ass as quickly as possible. <laughs> I was wrong about that. I'm sitting in the chair watching television and I'm noticing that the other, their other people are starting to come filtering in, being wheeled in, ambulances coming in. Oh, crap. Once again, I'm feeling bad because the other people are feeling bad, but I'm also feeling bad because some of these people are obviously in worse shape than me, which means they're going to get seen before me. I know that sounds selfish, but this is self-preservation. All right. So what? Don't judge me, you bastards. Continuing on. But then I notice no one is actually going back to the triage section. And then and then they start to take people back to the triage section, but it's going very, very slowly. So slowly that the people who are in the ER who are not feeling well are getting angry and antagonistic. I'm actually about to see a bunch of people who are maybe injured, maybe on deathbed duty or not deathbed duty, but maybe on their last legs, all jacked up. People with glass still in their hair, people with blood pouring out of them. I'm about to see these half dead people start whooping somebody's ass or at least attempting to. I'm hearing people on the phones cursing out the nurses. Hey, mother sucker ain't come and get me yet. I've been here all this time. I've been here nine minutes and I have not gotten back there, man. These people ain't nothing but a bunch of dirty boobs and a bunch of bleeps and a bunch of dirty mother boob and a bleep and all of that crap. And I'm looking at the guy and I think I'm like, I'm looking at the guy. He doesn't even look like he's that sick. He doesn't even look like he's that injured. And I'm sitting here feeling like crap. An hour goes by. I get to the triage. Then I go through and he basically does the same crap the people in the ambulance did, except for now he has access to every medication I had in my life. Did you have aspirins when you were five? I don't remember. Well, it says here that you did, you bastard. <laughs> right? So they wheel my ass out into the, to the, uh, into the waiting room and I get out of the wheelchair because I'm starting to actually feel a little better. And I don't want to be sitting in a wheelchair and have someone else need a wheelchair because that makes you a douche. And I'm not one of those. Now I'm watching television and now I'm watching more people come in and I'm noticing that every chair is full. And now there are people actually getting into physical fights with each other and starting to get into really loud altercations with the nurses in the triage section. Now, I know that the nurses are really, really professional people and would never do anything. But I'll tell you right now, if I'm going to piss off someone, it's definitely not going to be the person who's going to be administering needles to me and giving me my medicine. Not going to do it. There's one lady walking around cursing out 
everyone. And I mean, she is going to town. She's using language that is so bad that me, a professional comedian in my entire life was going, man, that's a lot of cursing. And believe me, I heard a lot of cursing. I actually saw a bunch of people who were longshoremen walk in and go, hey, lady, calm down. Even we're shocked by that language. And they taped their ears shut. That's how bad this lady was cursing. And it seems she was picking people at random to be mad at. I mean, she had every right to be mad. We're in the emergency room and nobody's seeing us. And I'm angry, too. And I'd actually had been there longer than her because now it's gone on three hours of the 11 hour odyssey. And I'm still sitting there and I've seen nobody. And I didn't even realize it was three hours until I realized that the show that I was watching was three hours long. And now it's going off. That's a good indication. But she's picking people at random to be crazy with. And I don't like to say crazy. I know it has a negative connotation. But at the time, that's what I was thinking because I wasn't feeling well and I was angry and I was hoping she'd crazy over there, not over by me. She was actually picking people to be crazy with at random. It was almost as if there was a wheel in her head that would spin. You know, like when you watch those game shows and they spin the wheel and they go and you would, it would stop on a specific amount of money and you'd win that amount of money. Well, I think in her head there was a big wheel and it only had two answers on it. Mess with them, don't mess with them. And she would spin it as she went up to everybody. She'd walk up to a person and you'd see the wheel spinning in her head. Mess with them, don't mess with them, 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 mess with them. You mother sucker, you ain't nothing but a bleep, and your mother's a bleep, and you ain't nothing but a bleep. You think you get in front of me in line? You think you get in front of me in line? You mother bleep, and you ain't nothing but a bleep. I'll kick your bleep. You nothing but a bleep. Your mother's a bleep, and your father's a bleep, and everybody in your family ain't nothing but a bunch of dirty bleeps. And she was a lady that was kind of small. You know, if it was a guy that did that, I would be afraid that somebody was going to drop kick his ass. But you're not going to drop kick a, a, an older lady that's like five feet tall. You're not going to do that. She goes to the next person in there. Once again, that wheel spinning. Mess with him. Don't mess with him. 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 Hi, sir. How long have you been here? Uh, I've been here about two hours. Isn't it weird that we've been here this long? We haven't been seen. This is just really, really crazy. Really, really crazy. Yeah, that's really crazy. She walks up to the next person. Mess with him. Mess with him. You mother sucker. You ain't nothing but a dirty bleep. And your mother's a bleep. And your father's a bleep. And I kick your bleep. She knocks the chair over. Your mother's a bleep. Knocks the coffee out of his hand. Your mother's a bleep. A little bleep. The guy just walks away from her. And of course, I'm the next person. And I'm trying to look away. Please, God, don't talk to me. I don't know where the wheels wheels going to stop. Please don't talk to me. 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 You right there. Oh, God. Yeah. And now I hear the wheels, you see the wheels spin. Mess with them, don't mess with them, 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 mess with them. Don't mess with them. Thank God. Sir, how long have you been here? I've been here since about five o'clock in the morning. Oh, man, you should be madder than me because I got here at seven. Oh, my goodness. Maybe we should go up there and we should talk to them like I'm going to go up there with her as if she's with me. 
Right. And then all of a sudden with my luck that, you know, hopefully that wheel would, would go to, but don't mess with him. But what if I walked up with her as like her advocate, like I don't have my own damn problems. And all of a sudden she hits the mess with him button and she start to pimp slap one of the nurses. Then all of a sudden we both get dragged out and arrested. Hell no. I went up to go to the bathroom. Didn't have to go to the bathroom, but she wasn't in the bathroom. And I was kind of hoping she'd move on to the next victim. I know that's bad to set the next sucker up, but I feel like crap and I ain't got time for this crap and I wanted to be seen on the video. I wanted to be seen on the video in the ER that I had nothing to do with this wacky person. So I go to the bathroom. I didn't actually go in the bathroom. I just went because I wanted people to know that I was not dealing with this person. I go to the bathroom. I hang around there. I turn the water on. I'm not actually in the bath. I turn the water on. I turn the thing on. And dry off my hands. I don't even wet because I didn't touch nothing. Didn't wash nothing. Then I walk back out and she's moved on to the next person. Apparently, she's systematically going through all the people, which means at the rate she was going, by the time since I'm out of the loop at this point, by the time she gets back around to me, hopefully she will have been seen and able or they will drag her, her sick behind and back there and fix her or do something. I've now been there for four hours. And everybody's trying to figure out why no one's getting taken back. We're all getting triaged, but we're not being taken back to the rooms. We're not being checked out. And at this point, four hours in, I'm starting to feel better. I'm starting to actually feel like I felt before I woke up feeling like crap. I'm feeling good. In fact, if I had woken up the way I'm feeling at that particular point, there would be no reason to go anywhere because I would have been a normal day. I was feeling good. No pain, right? Hmm. So we're all trying to figure out why no one's being taken back there. Lady comes in. She's she's the one I was talking about that had glass in her hair. She's mad now. She was in some kind of accident or something. Or maybe a car crashed next to her and landed on her. Something happened. Maybe she fell out a window. I don't know. She's got glass in her hair. I don't know. She may have been making a fashion statement. Maybe that's a new thing. Maybe that's a new thing the kids are doing today. Sprinkling glass in their hair. I know that sounds weird, but come on. Would you really put it past them after all the stuff you've seen? If you got Instagram. You know what I'm talking about. Back to the story. She goes up there and she's making a stink and she's yelling even louder. And unlike the other old lady who's a short older lady who's a little bit disturbed and has a wheel in her head that goes mess with them. Don't mess with them. This lady has a wheel in her head also, but the words are a little bit different. It's mess with them. Really mess with them. Mess with him, really mess with him, mess with him, really, really. And uh, as it turns out, somebody went into her head and just took out the, the mess with him and left nothing but really mess with him because now she's cursing out the nurses and cursing out the security guards and cursing out people in the, sitting in the hospital and cursing out people that looked at her funny and cursing out people outside, right? She's actually, she actually wrote a note and said F you to the person walking by the window. Okay, that part didn't happen, but you get the point. And we come to find out that the reason none of us is getting into the back room, the reason none of us is getting seen by an actual doctor is because the entire hospital is literally full to capacity. So much so that people who should have been up in the hospital are now taking up every single room in the entire ER and in the hallways. So literally, they have to actually start cycling people in uh, as 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 rooms become available, which and rooms are not becoming available quickly. 
If you've ever been in a hospital and tried to check out, you know how slow that process is. Well, imagine if all the rooms were like that and you're waiting to get back there. Well, that's what the ER was like. Oh, no. Now it's five or six hours. Now it's seven hours and I'm feeling damn good. I'm sitting there going, you know what? I feel so good right now. I probably shouldn't even I don't even want to go back there now. There's really no reason for me to go back there now. I feel damn good. Right. I feel really good. I feel like like I said, I feel like no matter of fact, I'm feeling so good right now. I'm sitting in the I'm sitting in the chair with my normal. You know, you know how you sit in the chair when you're feeling good. You know, you're like that swag sit like, yeah, you know, I'm the man. You know what I mean? I came into the hospital all curled up like a punk. But now look at me. You know what I'm saying? You know, you start you want to look around and flirt with the girls, but you really don't want to flirt with the girls because it's really kind of hard to talk to a woman when she's sitting there with glass in her hair and some dude's leg in her lap. Not with a dude sitting there with his leg on a lap, literally just a dude's leg in a lap. I don't know what happened to him, but I have a feeling he's not in this hospital. <laughs> she did not have a leg in her lap. And we're just sitting there. Now, when I'm sitting there, I notice I'm like, oh, man, I've been there such a long period of time. This is how long I've been there. I've been there. I think it's like at this point, it's seven hours. My phone, which was not fully charged, is now almost dead. And I see on the wall they have free phone chargers, which is great. You go up to the phone charger. You open it up. You put your phone in. You plug your phone up. Right. You type in the code or whatever that crap is. And then you do what you got to do to make sure you, you plug it in and then everything's great. And it was a really simple process. All the young people, you know, young people like me and younger, <laughs> we had no problem with it. We all plugged it in and we, we it was a very simple process. It took about 15 to 20 seconds. Not a big deal. All done. All systems go. But then you see all the generation gap the live show, right? A lot of times there's a generation gap and people, old people will say stuff behind your back or talk about you when you leave or your music sucks. You're, this time you actually could see the generation gap in action. And you could tell anybody over 55 years old for some reason had no idea how to work that machine at all. All you had to do was plug in the phone, close the door, type in your phone number, type in the email address, pick a picture, Confirm. Done. Very simple. I had no problem with it. Remember I told you how the entire ER was a volatile situation and everybody was pissed off? Well, just imagine if every just imagine if the hostile young people who know how the process works and have already charged their phones twice because they've been there in the ER that long are now standing in line behind confused old people who don't know how to work the machine. How do you think that went? Do you think any of the younger people were saying really, really snide anti-aging comments behind the old people's back? And well, let me give you a hint. Yes, they did. This old mother sucker. And he didn't say sucker. Don't even know how to work the thing. If you don't know how to work that thing. I mean, if I was an old mother sucker and he didn't say sucker. If I was an old mother sucker, I would just get out the way and let some young people use the machine. You know what I mean? I'm just saying, you know what I mean? If I was a young, you know what I'm saying? If I didn't know what the what the F I was doing, I would just move the F out the way and move the F out the way so somebody who know what the F they doing could actually use the mother sucking. He didn't say sucker and he didn't say effing, by the way. Use the machine. I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, I'm just saying, I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm saying that old people are stupid. I'm just saying that old people ain't as smart as they think they are. And, and now the old guys in front of the young guy and he kind of figured it out. He kind of figured it out. He kind of knew exactly what was going on. He had figured out the machine. I see at this particular point, he's at the point of the process where you just 
hit the button for the picture, which means if he hits the button for the picture and hits the confirm button, he's done. He's out of there. He's out of his way. And I saw him look down and I saw him angle his head slightly to the right. And I saw the look of anger on his face and I saw him hit the button to start the process over. He literally had figured it out. And he kept starting the process over and he looks at me and he sees that he sees me, a 49 year old guy is going to be 50 uh, next year. And I'm looking at him and he's pushing 60 and he looked back at me and he gave me the old guy nod like, yeah, I'm going to piss this young punk off as much as possible. I'm going to start asking questions out loud as if I don't know what's going on. And he starts doing it in the old guy voice. I heard his voice earlier the same day. He didn't have an old guy voice, but he had an old guy voice now. Oh, man. I don't know what's going on. What do you do? Do you punch the numbers? Do you push the thing? Oh, this is confusing. I told my grandniece when she got me this phone that I didn't want to mess with this phone. And now I'm in an emergency room and I don't know what to do. And the young guy's getting madder and madder and madder and madder. And he goes, F this. And he goes and sits down. Then the old guy laughs. And punches in the code in a nanosecond and plugs his phone up. And the young guy looks at him and now knows he was just played for a sucker. The old guy stops, smiles at him, and keeps walking. I tried not to laugh because now I'm feeling good. And the last thing I need to do is have a half, uh, half a semi-injured young guy beat my ass in the emergency room. <laughs> We're now at about nine hours. You know... And I'm starting to see people start to be moved back into the back room. I'm starting to see people being moved back. I'm starting to see people being taken back into the hospital. Obviously, now the rooms are starting to open up. You're damn right. The rooms are starting to open up. And all of a sudden, the mood in the, is starting to get a little bit happier. All of a sudden, you start to see the line of people move from the triage section and from the waiting room. They're starting to move into the, you know, when you're in a supermarket and you're standing in line and there's somebody in front that doesn't know what a credit card is and has never signed a check before. And apparently money's confusing to them. And then that person gets out of the way. And then all of a sudden you start seeing the that line move like a damn conveyor belt well it was kind of like that all of a sudden all the people that were a little bit hostile were starting to be a little less hostile because they could see some movement they could see that it was almost over they could see it was time to get this thing started and we started to see people that were sitting out there with us go into the back and come out with the paper in their hand you know the discharge paper you know what it looked like which was hilarious remember American Idol when American Idol was on and then uh, people would, would go into the back and they'd sing for Simon and them and then they, they, they'd have the camera on the outside of the door with Ryan Seacrest sitting there and they'd walk out and they'd look sad and then they'd whip out the piece of paper that said they were going to Hollywood and they'd jump up and down yay and everybody would celebrate and then they'd leave it was kind of like that you'd see people walk out with their discharge papers and the family members that were in the damn uh, waiting room waiting 47 years for them would go yay and they'd hug each other and walk out like they were going to go to Hollywood and sing I Will Always Love You written by Dolly Parton but sung by Whitney Houston so that's what it started to feel like and I started to see well there were some people that went back before I did because there were people that were in really bad shape and obviously I wasn't so I really didn't give a crap and quite frankly my whole day had been ruined any damn way and I was half asleep any damn way so who cares at this point point? and finally at the 10 hour and 15 minute mark I hear this Mr. Thomas 
Mr. Thomas? Is there a Mr. Thomas out here? And I go, that's me. Okay, Mr. Thomas. And I walk towards her. And she has this look on her face like she's waiting for me to give her a hard time. And I walked up and I said, hey, I uh, was wondering, do you have any... uh?" You have any opening, any open rooms upstairs in the hospital? And then she starts laughing. She goes, I oh, thank you. You know what? You're the first person to be, to have a sense of humor about the thing. You're the first person that didn't curse me out and make me feel bad. Thank you very much. I, I really needed that laugh. And I said, well, I need something too. I need you to figure out what the heck is wrong with me. She goes, no, don't worry about it. We'll take you in the back. We'll get you taken care of. Thank you for having a sense of humor. And take me back into the room. And I can still see a lot of the rooms are full, but obviously I can see people are starting to move out. I sit into the chair. She goes, sit in here and lay back. And one of the nurses, the other nurses will be in to take care of you. So I'm laying there. And I'm okay. I said, listen, uh, it's been 10 hours and 15 minutes. I don't give a crap. As long as I'm back here, I know that I'm, I'm going to be in good shape. I feel good anyway. Not a problem. Nurse comes back there. And here's the thing that always annoyed me. I'm getting in better shape because I'm working out with my brother at the gym and doing some stuff. So I'm getting in better shape and all of that kind of crap. Right. But it's a process. And I'm in the beginning of the process of the of this section of the process. So this nurse comes in and she's smiling at me and she obviously, you know, she thinks I'm cute and everything like that. And now I have to she has to do the EKG, which means I have to pick up the shirts. And unfortunately, when you pick up the shirt, the little the extra belly does not leave you with the shirt. It still stays there. And it kind of waves at her like, hey, you thought he was cute, but look at this mess right here. OK, it's not that bad, but it's not where I need it to be. So she's putting the EKG crap on me to put the little sticker here and a little sticker there and a little sticker here and a little sticker there. And I'm looking at her. And in the back of my mind, I wanted to go, look, I know this is not the best thing to look at right now, but there was a point in time when I was worse than this and I'll be better than this. He caught me in transition between fat bastard to medium, medium fat bastard where I am right now to fit bastard, which is where I'm going. Right. If you look at me right now and you've never seen me before, you go, dude, you need to lose some weight. But if you had seen me a while ago and then seen me now, you go, hey, looking good, s, looking good, which is what people have been saying, because I looked worse. <laughs> and I've made some improvements. Right. But it isn't really weird when somebody catches you in transition, when you're going from a mess to a semi mess to being where you need to be. Right. Like, say, for the sake of argument, there's a homeless guy. Right. He's he's living in old clothes. He hasn't taken a shower in months. He really smells bad. He's literally living in a damn trash can. Right. He's not feeling too good. He's kind of scarred up because he got into a sharpened pencil fight with another homeless guy over the last orange in the trash bin. Not making light of it. You'll understand what I'm where I'm going with this. Right. He's on drugs. He's on alcohol. His life's a tub of crap. Right. Everything sucks, but somehow this guy figures it out and somehow some way this guy goes from being on drugs to not being on drugs, from drinking alcohol to not drinking alcohol, from living that dumpster and smelling bad to now he's a homeless shelter. Now his hygiene is is, is good. Now he's off the drugs and he just means his life's in a hole. His life's messed up. He doesn't have a job right now. He's living off of some assistance, but at least he's clean. At least he's wearing clothes right now that have, that have been washed. And if you see him at that point, you could still see that he's not 
a, a functioning member of society the way you would expect. You can still see that he's down, that he's down on his luck. The clothes are a little old. You can tell they're really, really old clothes, but they're clean. And he has resumes under his arm, which means he doesn't have a job. If you see him right there and you look at him, you might go and look at that poor bastard. Or if you're a lady, you might go, I ain't going to date that bastard. He ain't even got a job. I understand that. But if you saw where he was, if you saw that he smelled like feces and was rolling around in garbage and was getting into sharpened pencil fights in the trash bin over the last orange and you saw where he went, you would look at him and you going, man, you did good. I saw where you were and I saw where you are. You would see that he made improvements. But if you just saw him when he was a little disheveled and he was living in the shelter, but he didn't stink, but he was living in the shelter, you'd still think, oh, I don't know. Well, that was kind of similar to the way I felt. I'm laying there and this this cute sister who's half flirting with me is now putting EKG stickers on me. Okay, maybe an eighth flirting with me. Okay, maybe she wasn't flirting with me and I wanted to flirt with me. Shut up. This is my story. F y'all. Back to me. <laughs> F y'all once again. <laughs> and I'm sitting there and I'm sitting there going in the back of my mind. Why couldn't I have had this health scare like six to nine months from now when my chest and my chest and stomach is looking good? How come that couldn't happen? Right. How come that couldn't happen? Right. How come EKGs have to put the things on your chest? How come they can't just put them on your legs? My legs look good. Right. That's the one body part of mine that no matter how fat I ever got or how out of shape I ever was, my legs still look good. Everybody has those body parts, don't you? A lot of people, I should say, you have a part of you that looks good no matter what, whether you're a tub of crap or not. I have a friend of mine who turned into a tub of crap like I turned into a tub of crap. He's a middle-aged guy like me too. And we're, you know, we're, we're in a similar weight loss journey. And no matter what, how big of a tub of crap he looks like, his arms still look like Arnold Schwarzenegger. No matter what, he could drink large sandwiches while laying down and he'd still have the arms of Arnold Schwarzenegger. Arms look all sliced up no matter what he does, right? And that's the same thing with my legs. No matter what a fat bastard I am, if I walk around in shorts, women are like, you a fat bastard, but them legs look delicious. And I'm like, well, could you do me a favor and not look at anything but my legs so I'll have a chance with you? And they're like, no, too bad. I already saw the rest of you. And then they say, get away from you, fat bastard, but your legs look delicious. <laughs> That's true. And I have a lady friend of mine is also a middle-aged lady and she's also working out too. And just like us, she was a semi-tub of crap, but she was a huge tub of crap. But now like us, she's a semi-tub of crap. But her cantaloonies, her buttocks looks like the, if you just took a picture of her buttocks, a picture of my legs and a picture of that guy's arms, you would have thought you were looking at a fitness magazine. And then they would go, you flip the page over and see the rest of it. And you're going, damn, let me flip that page back. <laughs> F y'all once again, back to the EKG. So she's giving me the damn EKG and she, 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 she looks at the thing. She reads it and then she gives it to the doctor. The doctor gives it back to her. She comes up to me and she goes, you know, your EKG looks amazing. And I've never heard someone refer to an EKG looking amazing. And I said, is it okay if I pull out my recorder and you say that into the recorder? <laughs> she laughs and walks away. <laughs> she walked away so fast I didn't get a chance to get my recorder out because I wanted her to actually say it into the recorder. Just for my own usage. F y'all. Back to the story. And as it turns out, after almost after close to 11 hours in the ER, I find out that the only reason that I was feeling like crap was, well, here's the here's the, here's what happened. This is like, like I said, once again, I'm fine. I was feeling bad because I ate something that didn't agree with me. 
And it was very similar to when you have food poisoning. It wasn't like a harsh version of food poisoning like I had before. It was a more mild version of food poisoning. But still, when you have even a mild version of food poisoning or something like that, what happens is things begin to leave your body in liquid form. And they begin to leave your body in liquid form whether you want them to or not. And they begin to leave your body in liquid form at a high rate. And you're supposed to have a certain amount of water in your body. And if you don't have a certain amount of water in your body, your body will get mad at you. Your body will go, look, dude, you need more water in me. And most of the time we don't pay attention. So the body will give you a little hint. It'll make your mouth dry. Right. But know what most people do when the mouth gets dry? They go, oh, my mouth's a little dry. I better drink something. And then they don't drink something. And I was an idiot like that. Ah, my mouth's dry. I'll get to it. I'm busy. I ain't got time for that crap. A little dehydrated. The body goes, okay, he's not paying attention to the mouth dry crap. How about we give him a little bit of a headache to let him know maybe he should drink some damn water. Got a little bit of a headache. Didn't matter. As it turns out, I had hit my head on something and I figured that that's what it was. So now I've ignored two signals. And the body goes, okay, he's a little busy. He's a little busy. We're going to leave him alone right now. We're not going to mess him up. We'll be good. We did the headache thing, but maybe he didn't figure it out. We did the mouth thing. All we're going to do, we're going to make his skin a little bit dry. That's what we're going to do. Didn't pay attention to that crap at all. And then I go to sleep. And then my body went, oh, you going to go to sleep? Oh, you going to go to sleep after all, I'm an all day telling you to drink some damn water and you ain't going to pay attention to me. Oh, I got something for your punk ass. I got some. Wait till he wakes up. Wait till his punk ass wakes up. And then the noise wakes me up at four something in the morning and the body wakes up and goes, OK, you ready, guys? We going to get this bastard now because he apparently doesn't want to pay attention to us. And what does my body do? Makes me feel like crap. Makes me feel tired. But I'm going, well, I was asleep, so maybe that's why I'm tired. I'll just go back to sleep and my body goes, what the damn, this guy just not getting it. Make him dizzy. I figured, well, you know, I did jump up kind of fast, you know, and sometimes that happens. Wow. All right. So we're going to have to bring out the big guns. Wake the heart up and the heart goes, what, man? I'm always working. You guys get to go to sleep. I got to pump and pump and pump for those. He's 50 now. I got to do this for another 40, 50 years. I don't get no damn vacations. Will you leave me alone? And the, the body said to the heart, get him. Beat faster. And the heart goes, really? I beat fast when he's at the gym and, or when he sees a hot woman. I got to do this at four o'clock in the morning. Leave me alone. And the body says he's dehydrated. And the heart goes, oh, so he's going to not drink enough liquid and make me have to work harder. Well, I got his ass. I'm going to beat real fast, the dumb bastard. And that's what happened. As it turns out, the only reason that happens because I was really dehydrated. So I had to drink some crap. Think about that for a second. I go through this whole health scare. I go through this whole feeling like crap. I go to the damn, get in the damn ambulance. I spend 11 hours in the damn ER because my dumb ass didn't drink enough water. The hell is that? Had to sit there with my shirt off in front of a cute lady who's probably going, he's cute, but the wish to his belly would come up when he rolled his shirt up. You bastards, damn it. It was all my fault. When I started this segment, I was talking about how I thought about whether or not I wanted to continue doing certain things, including this. And that's what I was thinking when I was sitting in the ER and feeling bad. 
But once again, like I said, when you're thinking in terms of do I want to be in this relationship? Do I want to do this job? Do I want to be with these friends? Do I want to be around these people? And in my case, do I want to do this podcast? Do I want to stay? I wasn't really considering not doing the podcast anymore. Of course not. And when I was in those relationships, I wasn't really considering getting out of those relationships when those thoughts went through my mind. It's just something that happens to you sometimes. And when I found out that I was going to be okay, when I found that everything was fine, when I found that I had my heart is in great shape, when I found that I'm actually pretty damn healthy, when I found that was I was going to be okay, all of a sudden I started thinking a little bit differently. I started going 300 episodes. <laughs> I'm going to put another zero on that before I even consider stopping. You're damn right. But I tell you, man, 11 hours in the ER is about 11 hours too many. So my friends, I like I said, I'm no doctor or anything like that. But make sure you drink enough water, especially if you were sick and fluids were flying out of your whatever. You don't want to wind up spending 11 hours in the ER like I did because I got news for you. That crap was not fun. And I'm really pissed off about the fact that I had to spend 11 hours in the damn ER. Okay, I'm not actually really, really pissed off. I was pissed off. Then I'm not pissed loud 11 hours in the ER, mainly because, well, if it wasn't spending 11 hours in the ER, I wouldn't have an episode of the podcast this week because <laughs> that's what this podcast episode is about. Okay, full disclosure, I have several episodes worth of stuff on my on my uh, dry erase board, so I will literally never run out of anything to do on the podcast. But this week was extra easy because I got to talk about some crap that actually happened. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So listen, like I said, my friends, drink some damn water. You don't want to wind up like me. In fact, I'm going to drink some water as soon as I finish recording this crap, because damn it, I'm not going back to the damn ER because my punk ass is too busy working on crap to drink some damn water. God, I'm an idiot. All right, folks, this episode has concluded. Normally, I break my episodes into segments, but quite frankly, when you've been in the ER for 11 damn hours, <laughs> You want to talk about the experience all the damn way through. Folks, this is episode number 298 of the Yes, Anthony Says podcast. We got two more episodes. Obviously, next one's 299 and then the big episode number 300. I do not know what I'm going to do on episode 300. Like I said, I do have a lot of stuff to talk about and a lot of stuff written, uh, prepared to do episode 300. But I'm still trying to figure out whether or not I want to because the episode 300 is going to be recorded and released on December 31st. And I don't know whether or not I'm going to do an original show because Lord knows I have enough material for like 16,000 um, original shows or whether I'm going to do a best of episode. I haven't decided yet. I'm prepared to do either one. So maybe I'll surprise you with what's on uh, episode number 300. I may even do another episode in the nude. <laughs> Granted, you, you won't know. You'll, this is a podcast with audio. So even if I am nude, you wouldn't know about it. In fact, I'm nude right now. <laughs> I am not nude right now. <laughs> Folks, you've been with me 298 episodes. There's going to be two more. It'll be 300. Four years and change. And hopefully we'll be together for a long, much, much longer period of time. Uh, I want to thank you guys, man. You guys have been really, really good to me all over the years. Um, looking forward to many more years with you weird bastards. I love my bastard army. 
Folks, this podcast is every damn where. iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher Radio, iTunes, Spotify, Mixcloud, Stitcher. I'm damn, I'm damn everywhere. Uh, the home base for the podcast is santhonysays.podbean.com. But quite frankly, because I've been doing this for such a long period of time, you literally, all you have to do is go and Google my name, S. Anthony Thomas, and all my crap pops up. If you want to, you can Google the name of the show, S. Anthony Says, and the show pops up. It's very, very easy. It's very, very simple to do. And obviously, a lot of you have already done that. Uh, the email for me is talk to S. Anthony at gmail.com. And it's T A L K T O, the word to T A L K T O S Anthony at gmail.com. And folks, man, I just want to say once again, man, you guys are the coolest bastards on the planet. Much love to every last one of you, man. You guys have been really, really cool to me. The emails have been really cool. You've been cool to me on Twitter and Facebook. Well, speaking of Facebook, you can follow me on Facebook. Uh, if you're on Facebook, you, all you got to do basically is just type in my name, S. Anthony. You know, type in S. Anthony says into the search box at top. I have a quote fan page uh, there and it has the blue check mark because it's verified to be me. So that's really me. Uh, on Twitter, if you want to follow me on social media, a lot of you already do, obviously. But for those of you that are new, people listening in the future, uh, the, the, uh, Twitter for me is my name at S. Anthony Thomas and the Twitter for the show is at S. Anthony says. So I just want to thank you guys for everything, man. You guys have been the coolest. You, so I got the coolest bastard army on the planet. Um, my American bastard army. Thank you. Australia, Canada. Great Britain. Actually, the, I shouldn't just, I should say the United Kingdom because it's not just one place. United Kingdom. I even got some expats in China. Thank you very much. You bastards. I love you as well. And uh, I will see you guys again next week for episode number 299 as we prepare for episode number 300. Once again, don't know what I'm going to do with it. I may just do a, uh, uh, may just acknowledge this is 300 show and thank you bastards again and just do a regular episode. I don't know yet. But it's really great to, to hit that 300th episode. It's really, really a cool milestone to hit. Folks, I am going to be out of here. I'm going to say goodbye to you bastards the way I always say goodbye to you bastards. And I want you bastards to say it with me. Are you ready? You know how to do it on the count of three. One, two, three. S. Anthony.